0: All recorded. (laughs) Welcome to the Gore
1: Club Comic Podcast, everybody. I just remembered, so this is our 40th episode, and we're doing a two-parter on the Scream series. And we didn't even talk about it, one, being the 40th anniversary, our 40th episode. It's like, we've been doing this for two years, but whatever. And uh, I totally forgot to say that, you know, and introduce ourselves. I'm Steve Vessel. I'm Death Metal Dave. I'm Ace. And we have Nate Ragon back from uh, uh, from last episode, back for this one, a two-parter on Scream. (laughs) Two, two, two after
0: the last one you're still doing the sequel yeah that's right oh god it's a requel (laughs) i'm just glad you're still here after the first one that means we did something (laughs) (laughs) he's the only one getting paid Oh, okay. There you go.
1: (laughs) Dividends, baby. Back end. Wait, that didn't sound right. Forget it. Uh, So, okay, this time I decided to give everybody on here, besides Nate, uh, a a movie to talk about. Kind of lead us through, and then we'll just make comments. And this one is all about the sequels. And um, what, I mean, you didn't start working on, Nate, you didn't start working on the uh, the films until, what, the fourth one?
2: Yeah, part four.
1: Which of the sequels is your favorite?
3: I want to say the second one, um, but I mean, I don't know. The new one was really good. <laughs> like the new one I thought was really good too. So yeah. I like all of them. I think they're all good. I mean, like I said, it's crazy. There's five of them and there's not a bad one. So, yeah. We're in the
1: fifth of a, of a franchise. I don't hate any of them. I mean, yeah. and fans are so shitty when it comes to, or even the recollections are like, Oh, fire 13 is the best franchise. I'm like, is it?
2: Is it though? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it really? Did you
1: watch part e- seven? Even if I like, <laughs> as much as I love the ones I love, I go back and go, woo, part five is is one of my favorites and it's the one people hated when I was a kid and I was like fuck you it's great it has the best boobs has the best kills
4: yeah even, even Nightmare on Elm Street only got to a part 2 before people hated it which I love that movie but people hate it
1: and what is it part 5 of Nightmare on Elm Street is the dream child I think is, I mean yeah, it's not good, not good. I mean you got, you got <laughs> child's play part 5 I mean I mean,
0: that's the seed of Chucky there's so many that go off the rails Jaws didn't even make it to part 5 they <laughs> <laughs> just gave Dennis Quaid some coke and got Lewis Gossett Jr. and they like, like let's go, guys.
1: <laughs> I love part three, but it's a mess. So like, when you think about that, this is still like I said in the last episode. This is still one of my favorite franchises for its consistency. It's intelligently written. It's still directed for the most part, until except for the new one by Wes Craven. Kevin Williams still still involved, and that's that's something that's kind of unheard of. Besides like Don Mancini and Child's Play. Right. And he hated. Yeah. He 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 didn't really like the first film. He tried to change the whole voodoo aspect after what was the remake or the what was the I forgot it, was, it wasn't cult, it wasn't curse, it was his own remake. He was like, No, yeah. it's an awful looking doll that has a glowing finger, like E.T.
3: Yeah, well, in his first his first script, if I remember correctly, was more like uh back and forth, like you didn't know was it Andy doing the murders or was it the doll? It yeah. was kind of like this mystery that they were going to reveal the doll was the killer at the end, but the they came in and changed it to where like you pretty much knew right off the bat.
1: Now, when they're talking about the original *Child's Play* with Chris Sarandon and Tom Holland directed that, yeah, because that's exactly right. And if you watch that movie, th- knowing that, you can see that. You can see like, yeah. oh, is he fucking insane? Until you see him going up the fucking stairs, you're like, because you see the POV of Ch- of Chucky. Yeah. And you don't see Andy. You don't see Ch- you don't see Chucky. So for a long time, you don't know.
4: Well, the original poster is just like a
1: picture of a building. Yeah, it's, and, <laughs> it's like I wouldn't even know. It's and and had his eyes yeah. are like floating. And you didn't. Yeah, it was like how they changed it when they went to video, it was just like they did it with like Gremlins before. It was just like. You know, the the box for the gremlins, and then when they put it on video, it's like fucking stripe. Yeah, so like, there goes the mystery of what they look like.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody watched Gremlins, sat
4: down to watch Gremlins, is like, I'm ready for a mystery. <laughs> That's,
0: it just doesn't seem like the kind of movie you do that
4: to. Like, oh, like, I'm ready for some PG family time, good time movie. Man, that movie,
1: and we, we we went over Gremlins uh not too long ago, and you know how horrific that movie is for children. And it's you know, yeah. and it originally wasn't even made for children,
3: written for right. them at least. Uh, I think something similar happened with uh, *Leprechaun*, where it was like originally written as like a kind of a more kid-friendly horror movie, and <laughs> as they were filming it, they were like, "Fuck this, let's <laughs> or let's add swearing, let's make it for adults." Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? It's like,
4: yeah. no, no, let's make it serious *Leprechaun* movie. They were looking for them sweet leprechaun oh. dollars. Oh,
1: God. For that pot of gold. <laughs> Talking about part fives in a franchise going off the rails like Critters. I made a whole list of uh, part five films and franchises that just lost it after like three or four and then five and then some of them they came back. So you weren't sold
0: when the ghoulies went to college? Oh, man. I, I, I love that piece of shit, but God, it's not a good. It was the 90s. We were all told to go, go to college, Steve. <laughs> Speaking... parents, we want debt.
4: Our parents told us to go to college. Speaking of goos go to college, guess who's in that? Matthew Lillard? <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: he is. Who's <laughs> in Scream? Oh, my God. <laughs> what a segue. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ace, you are supposed to tackle uh, Scream 2.
4: Tackle it. I got Scream 2 here. Scream 2, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to, Scream 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Go
1: ahead, man. 97. Just, uh, I'll start this it This is out where here. Nate just turns off the, his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, fuck this <laughs> Oh shit
4: But uh, Scream 2 Came out one year After the original it Takes place Two years after the movie Yeah um, Basically You get the Opening scene Going to the most Elaborate movie premiere Ever That's great <laughs> they It's have so a, William Castle A huge arm Just stabbing Out front of the theater Yeah For the movie
0: Stab <laughs> For the movie, for the movie Stab. Stab Right Yeah It's Based great. on Based on the Woodsboro Motors
1: are any of those costumes even available nate
3: like yeah they've turned up they're a lot they're different like the ones that the audience had aren't the same as like the ones the killer wears they make because they had to make so many of them they were kind of cheap and they didn't sparkle or whatever um i've seen some of them turn up but yeah
1: i've seen people recreate the the glowing knife out of like samurai swords <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like those plastic samurai swords are like like little katana I've seen those being recreated, yeah. like, oh, okay, fuck yeah, that's a badass idea. Well, if you're in this movie, they were just giving away the costumes as you walk in. I know, it's a great <laughs> it's a great beginning, because not only is, it like, you're, you're, they're talking about black cinema and how she wants to go, fuck, but she wants to go see Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I
4: know, it's like.
1: <laughs> but that's great, how they're trying to put it all together, and it's a movie that actually includes more people of color.
4: Well, the uh, Coming out of a whole honky movie. Yeah, I it's know. Just it's, full of honkies. <laughs> and they were just gonna leave. And he was like, uh, to show how good Omar Epps of a guy he was, he was gonna leave that movie after the first five minutes just to go see that movie with her. Oh. And she was like, No, we'll go back and watch it Which That's- I would have if I was already in there and my wife was like, I'm we need to go watch another movie, he'd be like, Well you can go, I'll just stay here. Yeah, go sneak <laughs> like, in. Like I'm already in here. I'm not moving. <laughs> but uh for the longest time, when I watched Part Two, I never even knew or realized that their names were Maureen, Evans, and Phil Stevens, and that they went to Windsor College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, when I first saw I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Then I, then later on, when she brings that up, uh, that's how they're connected through death. The uh, the woman handing out the costumes in the theater got that role through an MTV contest.
2: What? Yeah, <laughs> she won you know that, that role. I didn't know that.
4: <laughs> yeah. So the woman, she won a role and got a speaking part in that movie just through a contest she won through MTV.
1: (laughs) At least she got it. She was like, here you go. Because there was somebody who won the contest for, like, the, what was it, the 40 years after the Halloween episode? Like, you know, like, the the documentary that came out, and there was a woman on there who was working the convention who won a a part on the new Halloween, which is going to be the Rob Zombie
4: one, and they just cut her out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then they go into the movie theater. They're watching Stab. There's people running up and down the aisles pretending to kill one another. Stab a vision. I've never. It sounds like that time you went to go see the Halloween movie and it was a total chaos, which I imagine that's what the theater was like. When yeah, you but went. nobody started fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody got murdered. Straight in front up of the fight
1: going on in my,
4: in my. When I went to see Halloween
1: tw- uh, twenty. Uh, tw- Halloween Kills. Holy um, shit.
4: But uh, so you get the paint up there to Stab on the screen. You got Heather Graham in the role of Drew Barrymore. It's from the fucking first. awesome. <laughs> it's super. It's like a movie in a movie in a movie. Like, um, they do that later too, where they yeah. have the movie within the movie. With the, oh yeah, way well, yeah, so we'll definitely get to that. Um, you get some more red right hand coming right in duns, there at you. <laughs> more of it. This
1: theater is badass. It's <laughs> yeah. so it's like retro theater, and I forgot where it was filmed. Do you know? Have any idea where like the sets or the uh, of the
3: locations of Scream Two? Yeah. So in general, Scream Two was filmed like in two different states. It was like half filmed in Georgia and half in Los Angeles. Um, The Georgia stuff was like the exteriors of the college. And then the LA stuff was the interiors of the college and pretty much everything else. The theaters were actually two different theaters. It was like the, I always get this backwards. Let me make sure I get it right. The Rialto theater in Hollywood. um, That was the outside and the lobby. And then the actual theater where they were screening, it was the Vista theater. And okay. the bathroom scene that you'll be bringing up, that was act, that was just a set they built. So that wasn't actually like film on location. Yeah,
4: the glory hole scene.
3: The glory hole.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> mean we don't have to go through all of the films shot for shot for shot for oh, shot. No, no. But one thing that I always thought about, and maybe you would know Nate, is that if it was intentional or not, when, when Omar Epps first walks into the into the restroom and there's two different heights ghost face, I'm like, is that Lori? And is that you know, is that Tim?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, is
1: it Debbie and Mickey? Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of things always run through my head because I'm just like, even when I was watching the first time, yeah. not the first time, but like when I went back and watched it, yeah. I, I mean, the first time I had no fucking idea, but yeah. once you do, I, you had to go back and see. I think I saw that first, the second sequel, this first sequel like five times in theater. I was that nerd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, big time. I never dressed up because I didn't I didn't have a costume at the time. I didn't buy this costume. I'm thinking more towards the third film. It came with a double robe. I love you. You can see it, Nate.
3: That and, sounds right though cuz they they still hadn't made like a commercial costume yet when 2 yeah.
1: came out. It didn't come with gloves um and but it was a, it was an inner robe and an outer robe and uh you know it has like the the bat wings that everybody knows is not screen accurate but I, I fucking I didn't care for shit. I loved it. I wore the shit out yeah. of this costume. <laughs> yeah. Dude,
4: there's a lot going on in the first in this first scene too cuz basically and the movie in the movie is directed by Robert Rodriguez. Which makes sense because he... Oh, Stab. Yeah, stab was directed by... Which they don't even reference that till you watch part four. And then when they're watching the beginning of that, it's like directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. But I think for some kind of contractual thing or something, maybe they didn't say in the first one. Or just left it out completely for whatever reason. but I just
0: want to talk about how theaters were so much different than... Because you can't do that shit now. Oh, people no, People have no, ruined no, that no. too. Pe- just like just like people have ruined schools. People- like, <laughs> like that guy. I can, I can, well, fuck, Dave. You can find something in every single one of these movies be like, well, can't do that anymore.
4: Yeah, you can yeah. blame uh, the Joker in that Batman movie yeah. for ruining oh, that for everybody. Fucking that, yeah. idiot who did that. Uh,
1: this was—I uh, I did make a note. The, uh, the exterior of the theater, as you were saying, is actually the theater they used in True Romance when he goes to see the Sonny Chiba films.
4: Oh wow! Yeah, that looks way different than yeah, yeah. the two movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's
1: that's one of my one notes. I was like, well, I don't have to make too many notes on this one because yeah. you're
4: taking the reins. I okay. got it. <laughs> um, so he kills him. <laughs> Sorry.
2: He stabs him, stabs stabs him, him right the, in
4: the ear
0: yeah. through the glory Threw, hole. Through the well, it was through the bathroom stall. Yeah, yeah. Like,
4: Which that's a sharp knife. I don't know if you've been in a bathroom stall or not, but yeah, that's a very, that's a very sharp knife. <laughs> I just there was some raw power coming from that stab. I remember when we, me and my buddy Josh, rented this when I was a kid, and the whole time when he pulls the knife out in the stall, I vividly remember him saying knives nah, don't make that sound when you pull them out that's stupid <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> like it's all like, every time i watch that movie now just imagine him talking about like that
3: shing every time
4: you get a knife out,
3: that's like a that's become like a trademark of ghostface though like it, it just, any, anything he touches with that knife it makes a, a sound yeah. right it's like it's being
1: achieved it's like the dave always talks about where, I know annoys him was when people what do you call it when they well, rack they, a well, fucking shotgun they rack
3: a
0: shotgun it's oh, just yeah. like why are you doing that? There's already a <laughs> shell in there. Like, Every just... time. I mean, I get it. It's a deterrent. But still, if you're shooting at somebody.
1: I just think it's a movie trope that looks cool on screen and it sounds good. So they, it, even yeah. if like we're supposed to be battling zombies and we don't shoot a fucking thing, I'll rack it again.
0: Well, nobody's ever going to look <laughs> as cool as Sarah
1: Connor
4: doing it. So. This is true. With yeah. one arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Um, so he gets killed, sits back down. They start getting, she reaches over, starts rubbing on him, he's got blood all over him, fatally stabs her. The audience thinks it's all part of the show. Yeah, they think it's great. And she's up there dying in front of everybody, super dark, no one cares, and then they're like, oh shit, this is real. Then it's, shing, 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 part two. Part two!
0: (laughs) And see, if that would have been made today, everybody like, oh shit, somebody's dead, and they'd get out their phones and just be like, let's just record Uh this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly.
4: Um so then you get to Sydney, they're at college, she lives in the biggest dorm room you've ever seen in your life. Um, yeah, if anybody's now, ever been to college, yeah, that's not that's, how this works. It's the nicest dorm room I've ever seen. It reminds
1: me of that same thing when they did with uh, Cabin in the Woods. Like, yeah. there's a gorgeous fucking dorm yeah. room they're living in. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the a, fuck? And it looks windows, very similar. <laughs>
4: yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, she's got the caller ID now, guys prank con her. Um, Movies like this, I made a note about how it always made an unrealistic life in college for me. So when I got to college, I was like, this is nothing like I saw on screen, too.
1: (laughs) Everything's
0: sponsored by Pepsi. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, to, Pepsi to, everywhere. We have to
0: talk about the film class that was like that was debating good movies, and they brought up House oh, yeah. Two. That made me so happy, Dave. I go love ahead. that movie. Go ahead. They got a they got a cat or puppy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so Nate, one of our Halloween episodes, I guess it was two years ago, we did one, and, D- and Dave just went on a long rant of ho- House Two. It was great. And it was
0: like forty five minutes. It was way too <laughs> Nobody long. Nobody could stop him. We're all just like looking at each other. It's like, oh shit. Somebody should just told me to shut the fuck up <laughs> no it was gorgeous Be like no we get it it um, brought tears to my eyes yeah I might may have skipped skipped too far oh, forward no, no but this no, film no, debate
4: they're going through like the first this scene right here is just like here's everybody in the movie one two three four it's just like everybody's showing up all at once gotta meet your characters yeah so you got uh Sydney her roommate Hallie uh, Derek her boyfriend Jerry O'Connell yeah uh, then you got uh, Randy Meeks Jamie Kennedy and then mickey altieri timothy <laughs> oliphant Tim- Tim- I i'm the worst at pro- 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 pronouncing people's names it doesn't matter man um so you meet everybody and
1: meet cc
0: yeah and cc, C-C. sorry C-C. yeah cc the moment you see timothy oliphant you're like that motherfucker's up to something no his hair slicked back yeah oh is that, that how you know that's how you know He's got now,
2: this
1: slip did, back here. do you have an extra? Like, do you, are you one of the people who has like an original script of the films? Do you know how this was going uh, originally gone? Did you go back and watch it, Nate, and be like, "Well, fuck this!" You know, like, can you see how the in product was completely different from this one?
3: Um. Yeah. So, I apparently with Scream Two, because Kevin Williamson has more recently come out and done more interviews, obviously to promote the new movie. Um, but he's. He's come out since and said that a lot of the alternate scripts that people were, have been floating around the internet for years, especially for Scream 2, was like written intentionally. It was never meant to be shot. It was just like, a oh, that way if it leaks people, it's different killers and whatever. So um, there was a script that had completely different killers, um, some different scenes here and there that, like I said, this whole time people just kind of assumed it was like an early draft. But according to Kevin Williamson, like today, he says that it was basically written and leaked intentionally to keep the real script away. So from what I understand, the original script is pretty close to what we got.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Nice. It was untainted.
0: Misdirection.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I like uh, the film scene is great for all horror nerds anyways. And then you've got Randy who actually is correcting the good
4: quote and he misquotes it, right? yeah it's
1: not what fucking what,
4: <laughs> yeah he gets all like um excuse me yeah he's like it's That's not film right. class right yeah
1: and i remember to be like wait a second
4: <laughs> yeah and it's, then well he stands up and they go through all the sequels and it's like a who's who of like uh 90s teen stars because you got uh joshua jackson joshua jackson and he has michelle geller dawson and,
1: creek hadn't even been done yet yeah yeah it was pretty really awesome she was in buffy and they and there's always talks of her being like a diva on, on set, and there's ones who'd say that she wasn't. I gotta hope she wasn't, because I loved her at that point. Uh, I'm sure she's still a delight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you she's know, still delight. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the, the yeah, you have the CC attack, which is the Omega Beta Zeta. Oh yeah. I can't do the Jerry O'Connell thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, yeah. Who did the effects on this film, Nate? Um,
3: I can't. I'm trying to think if it was KMB this time or not.
1: I don't think that I, if it was maybe it was like they weren't out on set and they just had people doing it because none of the pictures i see yeah, i
2: think
3: it, it's not it wasn't like a big name like the like the first one was yeah um i think they probably just outsourced it man that's a bummer yeah yeah just <laughs> <It's
1: still laughs> trying to cut, cut 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 costs
3: well yeah gotta make money
4: yeah uh you got the CC attack. CC attack. Well, before that, you get Cotton Weary who shows up. Oh, that's right. Cotton. Cotton. The who might as well d- just be wearing a shirt that says red herring on it.
2: <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> like through the whole movie.
4: He's just like this fame whore who's like trying to wants to do like Diane Sawyer and think of the money CC and he's got like that weird accent. I felt really bad for him
1: because he shows up and he thinks he's getting an interview with
4: uh, with Sid and he,
1: no, it's a fucking straight up lie. Yeah,
4: Shoved a microphone in her face And she was like What are you doing? And then Punches her again yeah. And then My favorite line of the whole movie Which is her roommate goes Did you get that on film? And that guy goes Yes I got that on film <laughs> It's just so funny dude.
1: So yeah okay Then then we get to the fucking kill
4: And you get to CC In the sorority house Um, which, And that's the house From Matilda right? I believe so Yeah,
1: yeah. Is that um, Okay yeah You're Nate shaking his head yeah. Correct um is it like just the which house is it in matilda i don't even know those spe- those specifics i just remember
3: with one just, of the main houses i know that oh, okay, it, yeah. i guess it's like a frequently used it's it's been in like a ton of movies and tv shows
1: oh it's in uh, uh catch you catch me if you can as well yeah 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 Sorry, sorry, Ace, carry on. Oh, no problem. <laughs> We're talking about scenery
4: here. Go on. Scenery. Well, you got the- uh, I'm like,
1: get to the kill. Wait a second. The house is beautiful. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, before we get that, the girl on the other end of the line is Selma Blair doing the voice of the girl she's talking to. Him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Goddamn. There's just like people all over the street. Straight out of Cruel Intentions. Yeah.
1: With Sarah Michelle
4: Jones. <laughs> um. So- They have the world's longest conversation on a telephone that you've ever had with a stranger that calls somewhere. And then she ends up getting the phone back after a roommate answers it again. Then... (laughs) Yeah, straight (laughs) up doing And then he throws her off the balcony up from the second floor. That's a brutal fucking (laughs) kill. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I remember that about this one and uh, how how much more brutal it seemed. I know that's supposed to be the whole point of these is like each one's going to get more and more hardcore. And then, you know, because we saw the trailer before the movie came out, right? So we knew it was going to be more. It was going to be more elaborate because it had, like, the whole Randy scene in the trailers. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, but they did not have the full scene in the movie, but they had the full scene in the trailer. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> they do that a lot in these, in this franchise especially. Uh, uh, do you remember any other scenes that were in the trailer that were just not in the, in the movie at all? Um,
3: there, there was a lot of random shots in the trailer from what I remember that just was like, that scene happened, but that part didn't. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like... But, I mean, I guess, you know, if they're trying to – I don't know. I don't know. They kind of – they did the same thing with this new one, but –
0: Trying to catch people's attention. Got to get you to come see the movie.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, there's even a line coming up later on that we're going to talk about that's completely different. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
4: Carry on, Ace. So – all the party goers leave which they use the same plot device from the first movie which is hey somebody's dead let's all go look Oh I know so then you get to meet the,
1: the sorority scene it's got like Rebecca Gay, uh, Re- Rebecca Gayhart. it's got Portia Durazzi yeah. explaining how to blow jobs or safe sex
2: yeah well they are
1: I mean that's
4: um,
1: <laughs> like they are back in Catholic school or something and yeah. uh, what else is like at uh, least Neil is uh, is running her tongue around her inside of her mouth that's the note I mean it's like as they're talking about The blowjob. Sid's best friend's going, "Mm mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Well, like Portia de Rossi does this line where it makes them all seem very fake, where she goes, hi, I really mean that, hi. Because it's exactly how you feel when you go to college. (laughs) I'm like, I hate you. Mickey brings up The Empire Strikes Back, saying it's not a sequel. How do we feel about that? This is like 1997, so people back then didn't feel strongly about Star Wars as they do yeah. now. <laughs> well,
1: actually, that's right. Mickey actually says it is a good sequel, and then Randy, of all people, doing it again, saying it's not, you know, it was part of a trilogy, totally planned, doesn't totally count. Planned.
4: Yeah, it's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And then shortly after that, he made a home video just in case he ever died and the killer came back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, and that's—I think Matthew Lillard's in the party scene, right? Yeah, and he's
4: walking in the background. It's a very famous thing. Now. Yeah, him and Nev Campbell were dating at the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Also, last week I said Nev Campbell was in Captain America, and I was really wrong about that. You were. <laughs> I, I thought that girl looked just like her in the movie. <laughs> what do I fucking know? <laughs> He's a <some> horror nerd, <laughs> not a nerd. Yeah, shit, Marvel nerd. Yeah, shitty Marvel nerd. Funny,
3: seriously, when you said that last
4: week, in my brain I was like, Fuck, I gotta watch that movie again. Like, that. <laughs> they look alike. <laughs> um. So yeah, we go through the party scene. Uh, boyfriend, he gets. Stab or just kinda of cut on the arm. Jerry, which, O'Connell. Jerry gets O'Connell Jerry
1: O'Connell gets you, the gets the fucking slash on the forearm, which happens many times in this film yeah. franchise. Like there's always one person who gets a cut.
0: Yeah. That's it. And
4: it's like, oh, how'd you get so lucky?
0: Yeah, how'd you get so lucky to get away from this person? Uh so then so
1: then, everybody runs to the other scene. Yeah, yeah, runs they, to the other run, house, which that house is like six miles away in re- in reality. But yeah. then anyways, it's like right across the street. <laughs>
4: yeah, cops get there, he
1: runs away. Have you been to any of the uh, the sets and, and uh, the locations, uh, Nate, on, from part two? Uh,
3: just the uh, the outside of the Rialto Theater. Um, I think that's yeah, that's the only one I've been to from two.
1: That's fucking awesome, man.
4: Also, I have yet to mention Debbie Salt. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Debbie Salt, Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. That's right. Well, she's a very movie. pivotal person. Very in this pivotal movie. person. She
0: is the new Gale Weathers. Yeah,
4: Laurie Metcalf is awesome in this movie. Yeah, and that was another. When I watched this movie, the only thing I knew her from was Roseanne, and I was like why is that woman from Roseanne in this movie? This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Got to make your money somehow, man. I remember
1: that there was one thing about the party scene that I saw on the internet, on the internet, some nerd pointed out that um, fucking Derek is drinking a Mickey. Mickey's Big Mouth. Hello, yeah. it's the you know.
3: Just in case you don't know, <laughs> I think there's like a stack of it on the stage at the end. There's like Mickey's bottles everywhere.
1: Oh my god! So Derek's deep and Mickey right there in front at the, the fucking college scene. Nice. <laughs> Rewatch it, you'll see it. Oh
3: yeah.
4: Uh, they also kind of this kind of just comes out randomly, but they uh, they mentioned Sydney's father's out of the country, which okay. somebody just kind of randomly mentions that in passing. Just so yeah. you don't think it's him, yeah. Which kind of puts him out because he's literally the only person in this movie who's not a suspect. <laughs> so, um, so later on they get to the they get to the uh, police station. They realize Cece's name was Casey, which starts Gail starts putting it together that she's either murdering people, with the same names, yeah. as the original people in the first kill. I like it. They're like, y- you might have a
1: copycat in your hands. Like,
4: yeah, you think, yeah. <laughs> and Dewey's uh, and the and the sheriff in that town, aka do his dad in real life oh that's right yeah <laughs> yeah uh couldn't even come up with that so uh yeah so you get that then you get to them they're eating lunch jerry o'connell gets up and has oh, the, god the fucking the lame-ass scene where he's like singing i think i love you <laughs> yeah that, that was in the original script too yeah oh my god
1: kevin that is the one part of this movie I just like. It doesn't really fit, and that happens throughout the franchise. But who gives a shit? I mean, there's always like a couple of scenes just like it's like weird, and I'll definitely talk about that when we get to uh, uh, three, actually, which is mine.
4: Well, uh, that's how like Wes Craven said in the commentary. In the commentary, I think that uh, that's how he made everybody try out for that role when they auditioned was they had to get up and sing that song.
2: Could you oh imagine for that scene? God. And you, he had to
4: listen to that over and over. Could you over. imagine,
0: like, getting all excited, like, yeah, I'm going to be in a West Craven
4: film? And you go in, and he's like, sing this song for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, am I being punked? Yeah. And it's like, have to get up and sing, I Think I Love You. Like, just, I heard it 20 times today. I'll never listen to that song again. Uh, and that's
1: the first time you see Mickey with a uh, little
4: camcorder. That's right. Yeah, which
1: is supposed to be like a, Hello, is a tell.
0: Yeah. Is it?
4: Yeah. Well, he's a he's a, theater nerd.
1: <laughs> he's a theater nerd. <laughs> he
4: loves Quentin Tarantino. You
1: know? But it all comes into play later on when we see something happen. So they, were carry all, on. they were all in film. They were on
4: film class together, sir. So. I got it. <laughs> and then uh, Jerry kind gives his frat letters to Sid. He does. And uh, his frat letters. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is a big deal. His Greek
1: letters. It's like
4: the the ring. I, I yeah. never knew this was a thing. It is. It's uh when I, I went to when I was in college, I remember somebody hearing somebody did this and I was like that's the lamest shit I've ever heard in my life and they're like it's a really special thing
3: so after that did you did you kidnap him and carve the letters into his chest with a (laughs) knife yeah I did actually I just
4: stood in front of a mirror and just beat my chest like Marky Mark (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my god in fear dude he was good in that movie Um, also you get to see the, uh, little preview of the stab movie with Tori Spelling, which is a callback to the first one because she made the reference where I hope somebody like Tori Spelling doesn't play me in a movie.
1: And it totally comes true. I love it. And it's
4: really good. And Luke Wilson playing Billy Loomis is the funny, also another really funny part of this movie.
1: But she fucking tells you the whole plot of, of the, of the movie in the interview. Yeah. It's a brand new movie. (laughs) And she's like, you know, my, my boyfriend's a serial killer. It's like, (laughs) fuck
2: you. Yeah. He just ruined
1: stab. <laughs> ruined it. Ruined stab.
0: Well then,
4: <clears throat> Ghostface later murders Randy in Gail's media van. See, oh. that was a good that was a good <laughs> Which, scene though yeah. because
0: you've got you've got the the phone call and Randy's like I'm gonna take it and he starts call, talking to the guy like fuck you like, oh, he's trying, talking shit to he's him he's talking great. shit to him yeah and then fucking Gail and Dewey run off yeah and he's, he's like I got this and it's it it. Without without remem- remembering the trailer where he gets murdered on the trailer,
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it was
4: it was it was very shocking seeing it for the first time. Well, Randy calls him; he's on the phone with him, which is my sentiments exactly. Is why he says, "Why copycat two loser ass dickheads?" And he calls Stu a pussy ass wet rag, <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls uh, Billy was a rat looking mama's boy. How and did you
1: feel when you saw the uh, the the Randy death scene?
3: I remember being shocked. Um, I remember the whole theater being shocked on opening night. Um, and I think at that moment, you kind of had that feeling of like, oh shit, like they're not fucking around. Like nobody's safe this time. Like, not only did they kill Randy, but it's in broad daylight. You didn't expect something like that to happen in broad daylight. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah.
1: He's a leaf on the wind.
4: Well, then you got the. Well, <laughs> nobody hears. Nobody hears it happening because those guys are blasting cottonmouth kings on their fucking radio as oh, they go by. We got to talk about that <laughs> fucking soundtrack after we're done with the, the uh, spiel here, uh, man. Well, when he's talking to him on the phone, you get a little clue as who the killer might be because he says, "You'll never be a hero and you'll never get the girl." Oh yeah. Which is a little callback to him saying, "I let the I let the geek get the girl."
1: Yeah, that, and he completely uh, uh, just shits on Billy. And then that's how he gets fucking killed horrifically. Yeah. And it's just like, that's my son, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's a scene that if you, uh, it's, I mean, it's in, the, it's in the scene when they open up the thing, she's actually kissed his hand. If you go back and watch the film, there is a woman's lip print on Randy's hand. And that's how you're supposed to know that that is actually Mrs. Loomis. If you go back and watch the film. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's one of those things. I watch that movie and just freeze frame, like you do when you're looking at costumes. And they, I'm looking at the whole movie like this is gonna take me seven <laughs> hours to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at every book. I'm looking at every stupid thing, and that's one of the. It's very very fast. He's got a woman's lip print on on his hand, hmm. and yeah, it's yeah. fucking crazy.
4: Also, you all you got, these little uh, bitty little bitty clues that they're throwing at us that nobody will ever see. Cotton also has those boots on that are infamous for being in these movies (laughs) yeah I know. same boots
3: now
1: now i know you know the boots in this one correct
3: nate uh scream two no we we don't know them for two but we know them for we know them for three four and five but we don't know them for one or two
4: holy shit
3: (laughs) we're trying we're trying
4: (laughs) um so then you got dewey and gail have to go into to review the tape which tells you what time this was. They had to go into like a special place on campus and find a VCR and get a TV in a viewing room just to watch something. Whereas now you just be like, hey, pull your phone out. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is gonna... So, uh, anyways, they're in there reviewing the tape. That's um, when the ghost face footage jumps in. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts seeing the footage that he filmed. She's like, I didn't film this. And then, um, clue. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dewey, <laughs> Dewey gets Kills attacked Dewey and he goes down like Santa. Star Trek, fucking Rathacon.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's just
1: like ah. <laughs> glass on glass. Fucking Dewey's just a scar at
0: this point.
2: I man. know he's been
0: stabbed so many times.
1: I think he's saying the newest one he's been stabbed like nine times or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, is, so,
4: that a- is that accurate? I feel like it's more. It seems like it. It's kind He of, he's got a limp in this movie from the nerve damage. So, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Killing Randy, and then the uh, two officers are driving Sydney and her roommate, Hallie, to a local police station. Uh, Ghostface murders the officers. Yeah. Crashes the car, which is probably one of my favorite gore scenes in the movie. was that bar just goes straight through that guy's head, (laughs) which is Ah. my favorite kill in the whole movie, I think, was that. Um, It was a very tense moment, too, because they're stuck in the back of the car,
0: and they're like, all right, we got to get out. Just crawl over. Oh, I know that that fucking is a really intense scene. Crawl over
2: Ghostface.
1: And to go back yeah. a little bit, when they first run into Derek on the campus. Now, the original script, the killers were Derek, Halle, and Mrs. Loomis. Correct?
3: Yeah, and that was that's the one that Kevin's now saying was like uh, a, a, a a a version that was never intended to be made.
1: Oh no shit! Yeah. Because yeah. I remember knowing that. And I go back and you see the scene, and it looks like Hallie and Derek are always kind of looking at each other because I'm always right, looking at that, right. especially yeah. in that scene. And that's the scene when they go off with the cops, and, and then you're like, "Well, one killer has gone one way, and another was going with Sid just to make sure that she's always going to be attacked." And then we have the the cop fucking scene, which is really fucking
4: intense scene. Yeah, that gave me anxiety. I remember the first time I watched it, just them trying to crawl over him, and then she hits the horn, and it's like, ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, do you have any thoughts on that scene? Do you remember? Uh, Uh, If there's anything in the script or something that Wes Craven had talked about in that scene that made it so fucking intense, was it anything?
3: I just think it was, like, perfectly, perfectly directed. It's just one of those scenes that stands out in not just that movie but the whole series that's just – it just works so well. And I remember being – yeah, like, you're literally on the edge of your seat. You know, obviously, maybe not so much the next time because you know what's going to happen the first time watching it. It was like your anxiety can't even take it. You're like, oh, my God, like – not gonna crawl over him, is she? Like it was just so well done. It was so well done. And they do it twice.
1: Like she has to do it yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And Wes Craven said that they 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 just happened to fit so perfectly through that hole. Yeah. Like I don't know if the whole scene was intentional that way. I'm sure it was written a certain way. But for them to, he was just like it just worked out so perfectly well for them to be able to get through that hole. And I was like, fuck, man. The, the how how film can just things like happy
4: accidents, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um, back at campus. Sydney finds Derek in the auditorium, tied to a cross. Yeah. From his frat brother's dumbass consequences. And Hallie gets stabbed to death. And, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to even mention that. Well, we're jumping all over the place. Hallie gets stabbed and killed right in front of her. Right in front of her. She's like, he's gone. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Which, yeah. Ah! I thought she may have. She should have made it to at least maybe the end. I mean, she's, but... I'm just looking Uh, at my notes, and I've just got weird frat shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's that's your note? That's a note. Sorry. That's fucking great. Yeah,
4: just (laughs) homoerotic frat shit.
1: (laughs) uh, I always thought it was funny because Sid does the stupid mistake of running to the theater instead of the police station. Yeah. Police obviously can't protect her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the drama school, baby. Yeah, David Warner was a great uh, uh, drama teacher, and he is in some so many fantastic things. Uh, most people remember him from The Omen. He gets his head chopped off by the glass. Yeah. He's the drama teacher, and oh, there's a yeah, scene yeah. with him with Sydney uh, towards the beginning of the movie where he's just talking about fate, and it reminds me of the same thing from Halloween. When the teacher is talking about fate with Jamie Lee Curtis's character, I don't know if I'm sure it's connected. You know, Kevin Williams knows his shit. Yeah. So I just remember that scene, and then I was like, "Well, let's go back to the theater for safety." Yeah. Not the police station. I like how you the
0: police. I like how he went with the omen. I was like, that guy was Baxter Stockman in the Turtles movie.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah, because he was. (laughs) He's also in Waxwork, right? Yeah, he is. I was like, that's the guy from Waxwork. (laughs) Yeah. David Warner, man. What an achievement for an actor. Um, So, Ghostface arrives, revealing himself to be dun dun, dun Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rooney. Mickey is <laughs> Mickey Altieri. Uh, so he's trying to blame Derek, saying like, "Oh man, we almost got away away with it." Saying all this stuff to him, and he's like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you fucking yeah. psycho." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was
0: a, that was the a, a part because he's still tied up. Sydney's there. She's like, "I don't know who the fuck to trust because she's got trust issues for a good reason." Yeah. yeah, especially the boyfriend. It turns out her, her intuitions were wrong.
1: Well, that's another scene just like the, uh, the, the 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 car scene. It's really intense, and it's like, I don't fucking know. I wouldn't trust him. I'd run away, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right up to the point where he shoots him in the chest, and you're just like,
2: dumbass. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you chose wrong. So his whole plan, Mickey wanted to intend to kill Sidney and allow himself to be arrested so he can blame violence in the movies for the murders at his trial. Which is the lamest, most 90s thing ever for him, which they bring up in the movie like because Debbie, the I'll fast forward, Debbie also says, that's a really lame excuse for killing people, basically.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, it reminds me of the first film. It's like one has an, a, a motive, the other one has their own motive, and they're not even together. They're yeah. not they're not even close. Yeah. And then Debbie comes out and you think it's gonna be uh uh Gail because she's you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah, Gail I knew it. walks out first and
4: you're like, Gail, I knew it. And then you're like, No wait, I knew it yeah. <laughs> And it's Debbie Salt, aka Mrs. Loomis. Okay. How did you feel
1: about this reveal, Nate? Seriously.
3: It was really weird the first time I saw it, and uh so I actually the the ending of Scream two, like my first like couple viewings when it first came out. I thought the ending wasn't great because my first, and I still have this problem with the film. I don't like that Mickey is like in the movie for 40 minutes and then he completely vanishes and you don't see him again till like the very end. Where he takes his mask off. At which point you're like, who the fuck even is that? You're like, Oh, it's that guy from the film class. Like I forgot he was even in this cause he just vanishes. Um, and then you're hoping like, Oh, there's a second killer. It'll be more of a surprise. And it was this background character, and it's like, wait, what? And I remember being really like, uh, it just wasn't as good. But I've grown to like it more now because it really reminds me of like Dario Argento movies, where the killer's always like some random person that it's like they they show flashback, and it's like, oh, it was the male lady that you see for one second, you know, and the fr- you know, kind of reminded me of that. Yeah,
1: like Opera, Opera. He did that with yeah. the guy who's the uh, the the reporter, and it's like you see him yeah. twice in the movie. Uh, I mean, yeah. To to get through the ending, it's just like my notes were like using her Greek letters to cut Mickey. Debbie shoots Mickey three times, but only hits him one time. Where the fuck did all those shots go? And then Larry, Ma- Laurie, MacCaff is awesome. Mrs. Loomis is always one of the killers. Cotton shows up to save the day. Gale lives, and Mickey springs to life one more time, and Sid shoots him in the head. Yeah. Just to make
4: sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's uh.
1: And then Dewey lives. Yeah, I'll, yeah, he just
4: pops up out of nowhere, and he's alive. <laughs> I uh, also like that uh, Gail. Like you don't even. I didn't really, really don't realize it watching the movie, but like uh, Sydney and like Debbie saw Mrs. Loomis. You think like they never actually met in the movie. So when they meet at the end, they're both like, "Oh hey, you're Mrs. Loomis. They're what like, the hey! fuck are you doing here?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, they never even met each other in this movie."
1: But Gail Weathers doesn't know what she looks like. I know. Yeah. The, I know. There's a whole like, "Hey, it's 60 called a makeover and Come a lot on, of work." <laughs> you're face to face with her <laughs> there's a lot of things about the ending I actually didn't like as well but as a whole as the film it didn't I, mean, I love movies and they they might have bad endings or bad beginnings or just bad scenes but then this is one of them I think that drug down part two for me was the ending I was like it just seemed very choppy um, like I said the script had changed a couple of times I, at least the rewrites on the thing it was one of those where that from here on out they didn't even give the 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 people the, the full script anymore right was this yeah. one that leaked out early and everyone knew?
2: Yeah.
3: It was the uh, the first, like, I don't remember, like, 20 pages or so that leaked. So, basically, like, the, the entire opening scene was leaked online, like, the day after Kevin wrote it. Because Kevin wrote the opening scene and sent it to Wes and sent it to everybody. They're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We can't wait to read the rest. And, like, the next day it was leaked online. <sighs> So that's when they were like, "Okay, we gotta like make sure that we're like super secretive and not giving everybody the full script." And
0: I should have just went weird with it and been like, "In this version, Howard the Duck kills people." <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just something fucking random. The shared universe. It's a shared universe. <laughs> the Scream Cinematic Universe.
1: Yeah. Uh, and this is the one where Peter Dimming finally get he gets full credit for being the DP. And this guy shot like Lost Highway, a fucking Son in Law, Evil Dead Two, and Scarecrows, which I love that fucking movie. Uh, and you know, so let's talk about the end. of I mean, This movie is like is is Mickey the only killer? Is one of my Mrs. M- Mrs. Loomer? Is she really the she the benefactor or is she the killer as well? All those questions I had when I first watched the movies. Is like, is he actually doing all the killing? And then we only see her at the end because they 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 don't really allude to any of that until I actually went back and did like internet searches like 10 years later. So how, what, what's your view on that is like, is it both of them th-
3: most of the time or is it just mainly Mickey and she's like, I, I says. I, I've i always been one that thinks that it's pretty much was Mickey. Mickey was always ghost based with the exception of Randy because, you know, she literally says that she killed Randy. Yeah. So that one we have to give to her because she said she did it. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I think, and it plays out, and what's interesting too is, like, where I, and I, it's still an issue for me. I still, I don't like that Mickey is literally in the movie until, like, the 40-minute mark. It's, like, right after Derek sings the song, and he's like, oh, it's tradition. That's the last time you see Mickey until when he pulls the mask off at the end of the movie. Holy like an hour, hour and 20 minutes later. Um, So, we had always, you know, online, people always just kind of assumed, like, it had something to do with the rewrites or stuff, stuff leaking and stuff got cut or whatever, and um recently they interviewed someone that would know way way like really well stuff like that uh patrick lussier who was the editor um and that was one of the questions that was asked it was like a fan that got to interview him um, and they were like you know was there a lot more scenes with mickey or anything and he pretty much said that no from the get-go um mickey was never supposed to be like a surprise it was like the the surprise was supposed to be mrs Loomis. So they were never concerned about Mickey or trying to make sure that he was like all throughout the movie. They were just like, Mickey's like the throwaway. He's going to be in the beginning and then he will just pop up and be one of the killers. But the real surprise is going to be Mrs. Loomis.
1: That's supposed to be the payoff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I feel better. Thanks, Nate. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: you want to talk about this fucking shitty soundtrack <laughs> oh dude God
2: damn it. master p master
3: p
1: master p and silk the shocker actually made a music video for the film you got cotton mouth kings do you have a list
4: oh yeah Hopefully. this i got the i got the hits here d'angelo eels dave matthews <laughs> band Everclear, master p which has that song in the credits it's just like Oh, uh, I heard coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole time, the scream, the scream theme. Sugar Ray? Yeah, Sugar Ray. Food um, Fighters? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Food Fighters did have a song. Yeah, they it. did. Collective Soul
1: actually made a decent music video for the movie that has scenes in it and then like the mask floating in the water. So I, I'm a big fan of when people do that kind of shit. Like we talked about it in the last episode, Birdbrain did one for the first film, and this one actually got two. You got the hip hop song, and you got the Collective Soul song. I don't even know, you know what kind of music they would call that. So
4: the Collective Soul song sounds a whole lot like uh, that song "Bittersweet Symphony" because I think when I was watching, when I was watching the, uh, I was listening to the Wes Craven talk about it, and he was saying how they wanted to add some uh, strings at the beginning of it to make it sound more like to wrap up the kind of movie at the end there. Oh. Yeah, the
1: yeah. little the little pull away. Yeah. It actually works really very well. Very
3: 90s, the soundtrack is very nice. Yeah. It's
1: very nice. I think
3: every like
1: each soundtrack kind of reflects the time of its uh, yeah. of its time, of its time. And I'm getting ready to go over 3 and that soundtrack is woo, straight up fucking whatever he, it's uh, like nice. 2000. <laughs> uh Nate, how old are you, were you when you first started watching the Scream films? I think you mentioned it in the last episode, but like how old were 13. you? You were 13. Oh, then you were balls deep in these movies then. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. okay. Awesome. Did you? How did you feel about the uh, when we were going into the third one? I mean, we all knew there was going to be another one. Yeah, just had to be. If you're a horror fan, you know this movie made money. They're going to make it.
2: Right.
1: Um. How how did you just dig into every magazine you could? Did you try to find the novelizations, which there are none? Uh, right. What the? F- um, I'm a big novelization collector, and there's not a novelization of this fucking of these franchises. No it's
2: shit. One more goal. Good,
3: especially with that. Like you, I, I, they're doing that now. They're going back and doing novelizations again. You know, it's like somebody should do that with these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know, um, there was a lot of uh, Scream Three had a lot of internet marketing when when that was still kind of like a new thing. Like they had a, I remember they had like a fake uh, Sunrise Studios website um in 1999 that you could get on and it had all these fake trailers for all these fake movies and it was talking about like how stab three was in production and it was just a way to like tease the movie um so they did a lot of like fun marketing like that they had like a website for gale weathers books and all this stuff that they had and yeah they were like geo cities like website they were like (laughs) got an angel fire oh
1: (laughs) Who uh, uh shit I just totally lost my track of where I was gonna go with um but uh, I guess we'll just skip on to fucking Part Three Part Three oh, This part one Three
4: What If
0: What Fuck If Fuck you <laughs> Yeah no it's <laughs> awful no, That's Cre- the worst fucking thing about this movie <laughs>
1: They made a music video I'll just delve right into it They made a music video for this for the film. Creed did, and if you've seen it, I put it on the Gore Club uh, YouTube channel. If anybody wants to see them, I actually put all the music videos that I could find that anyone's ever made for the film—not fan-made, but the <laughs> band and the studio made for the films. This is one of them. Uh, what if? And goddamn, he's that drunk Christian fucking maniac, <laughs> is headbanging into the camera. And the, the story it has a story where it's like Ghostface and Dewey are in the in the in, in the music video. Yeah. Dewey's like a security guard. Ghostface is hunting down the members of the band and their girlfriends. And at the end, it's the band. Oh, wait, no, Ghostface actually shows up at the end. And I always wondered, because being a Ghostface in there, just like, who the fuck played that Ghostface? Because everyone knows who played what Ghostface. Like, if it was a hand with somebody, you know, in this movie, there's, like five people played Ghostface. It's like, did they? Did they gleam one of those guys to in play the Ghostface? They have Mark Tremonti from Creed playing Ghostface. <laughs>
0: I I'm so glad I don't oh. know who the fuck that guy is in the band. <laughs> All I know is if I was stuck in that music video, I would just stop and be like, "Kill me now."
1: Oh just man, fucking do
0: it. It's you pretty... can kill them. I'll help you kill them. I'm like <laughs> it's a high gloss music video concept <laughs> it thing. It's funny. it's actually I
1: was kind of happy i just muted did and watch it mm. <laughs> so here we go directed by wes craven written by kevin williamson or aaron Krueger. what's the story on that do you know
3: yeah uh basically kevin had a like a treatment he had a concept for scream three what it was going to be um his concept was that it was going to be back in Woodsboro, and sydney was going to be like a like a teacher um and It was, there were some elements that were ended up being used in four, um, kind of like the motive, the idea you had for the motive for three that you didn't get to use is kind of what happened for, um, but pretty much Columbine happened and the studio said, you can't, you can't have like high school kids killing other high school kids anymore. We just can't do it. Not right now. Um, and then, so that idea was scrapped. Uh, and then basically Kevin just had like, he had so many projects going and they didn't want to wait. They were like, Nope, we want to do it right now, right now. And he's like, please just give me like a year. I'll come up with something. I'll write like the greatest script ever. We'll end the trilogy. And the studio didn't want to wait at all. So they just canned him and hired, uh, Aaron Kruger to come up with his own whole own concept.
0: Kruger. This guy's got, (laughs) this guy's got some other good movies. He made, he wrote reindeer games. Great, movie. Yeah, well, he wrote the ring. Ah. The ring, yeah, he did. No, skeleton he, key, Brothers Grimm. He's got a pedigree. It's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and
1: show. so, and it came out well. I'm not going to go through every little scene in the film, but I will talk about the beginning because to me, it's a really good beginning. Because now you've got Cotton. He's 100 cotton. 100 cotton. 100%.
0: <laughs> he's like fucking Jerry Springer now.
3: He is, and I'm I'm happy. He loves it. It's all he's ever wanted.
1: Oh my god. Because I went from like feeling bad for the fucker at the end of the second one, even though he's the one who actually saves day and and she throws off the man. She's like, you know what? Talk to Cotton. He's a badass. You know, he's he helped us. And then this one, he's fucking in white night. He's like, yeah, (laughs) he looks like Jamiroquai. He's just like straight up white suit motherfucker. And he's on the phone. And he's talking to his agent, and then this piece of shit—he just automatically goes from like, "Oh fuck yeah, Cotton," to like, "Cotton's a piece of garbage." He's going right back to being a cheating piece of shit because yeah. you got. Then you got to remember, he's the one who knowingly was fucking Sydney's mom behind her dad's back, and this is like a kind of reminds me. At least I was like, "Oh wait, no, actually, Cotton's not a really good guy." No. <laughs> And it ends up being Ghostface. He's like, oh, it's a hot, sexy girl. And she's like, he's like, yeah, what are you doing? How you, so you like the show? And she's like, I oh, want your dad or whatever. So the whole point of this scene is that he, the, the killer, Ghostface, just wants to get to Sydney. So they're going from the beginning. They're starting from the top of the list, I guess, is Cotton. I don't know how you get there, but that's where yeah. the top of the list he's is. He's the most famous. That's a good way to look at it. He's the most famous, so his, death, attention. his death will bring about the most... Uh, 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 I guess not a celebrity, but it'll it'll be on the news more than anything else. She'll see it. So you, it's the only way you can do it because you Sydney at this point is in, is living in uh, isolation. Seclusion,
2: uh, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah her,
1: seclusion. Thank you, not isolation. <laughs> I'm thinking of myself. <laughs> <laughs> COVID. Uh, so you have the sexy voice. He's 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 like, and then he's like he's fucking. Oh God, it's such a douchebag move. So then the great thing is he 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 finds out that the killer is in his, at his apartment. And that apartment is very famous. It's it's on the Hollywood Strip. It's like a Victorian-looking, like a two- two or three-story uh, building. I don't know if you've been by there or not. I don't know. Do you know? Have you been to any of the locations or sets uh, for
3: Scream 3? Uh, 3, I have. I've seen the, that apartment from the outside. Um, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there was... See, and that's the thing. With Scream 3, there wasn't, like... Because it takes place, like, during the making of Stab 3, a lot of it was filmed, like, on actual studio backlots. So there's not like, a ton of locations for it. Um, we tried to do an event at the Paramore Mansion, where which was the mansion from the end, which is also in Halloween H2O. We tried to do an event where you could stay there, and, like, you know, we were going to screen the movie and stuff, but the person that owned it at the time was like, oh, I don't want to be associated with war anymore, and um, so that didn't Ooh. happen. But I, I did see it's for sale again, so maybe the new owner will... <laughs>
1: This is awesome. And it's the beginning oh, is also man. lets you know that this movie's different because now the killer can mask its voice to sound like anybody. Yeah. You, that's kind of a stretch.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you get that? In like, 2000?
1: Yeah, soundbite on the internet doesn't work. But yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I understand that. And then that's what gets him to go back to his house in Christine, nice Stephen King reference there. Uh, she's in the shower. He comes out. And then it's like, it's like you're in Cotton's house and you it's like, uh, what is it? He, he, almost, he almost hits a bus on the way there. I remember that. And it's like the ad for Stab 2
4: is on the back. So that's but, how you, it's like the meta already started. He manages just to drive by like every LA landmark ever <laughs> on his way to his house, where it's like, here's Capitol Records, here's Sunset Strip, here's the, like, you're just driving past them all.
1: <laughs> so she gets out of the shower knowing that she just cleaned up for death. I'm just reading my notes. It's like, now that you have, now the meta fucking, the Creed pops on because that's how he gets her attention. <laughs>
4: Fuck. Pop on that CD
0: Oh part. it is I man. don't like this ghost face He's twice as sadistic Yeah I know <laughs> Have some creed Christine
1: <laughs> So Christine is uh, Kelly Rutherford She was in uh, Phantom of the Mall Which is Eric's Revenge She was in uh, with Polly Shore uh, Which is like she, He's in uh, um, Phantom of the Mall If you haven't seen that yeah. It actually came out with uh, I think Arrow's putting it out I think it is huh. You can
4: watch it free on YouTube Oh, oh yeah. yeah
1: okay yeah. yeah You should definitely check it out She's Oscar in uh, Briscoe County Jr as oh, dixie nice. Bruce Campbell fans will know what I'm talking about
4: nice
1: yeah this is also the first time you get a glance at the of the of the new mask it's it's is this a gen you're the mask guy so how do you how do you look at them films from scream 1 to scream 2 is it the same mask is it like i know there's a whole like generation gap thing they talk about
3: yeah i mean at this point the the whole like difference is the mask has gotten so like people have studied it way beyond what i ever even imagined anybody would so at this point when people are like oh is this like a gen 1 or a gen 17 i'm like i have no fucking idea what you're even talking about like it's just there's so <laughs> much that people have found out there's so much information but the uh the easiest way to explain it was that in scream one aside from the KB mask it was the original uh like first generation mask that fun world made um, which was part of the Fantastic Faces line for Screen Two, they used a different mold. Um, because at that point, the molds that you know they were making those masks for years before Scream even came out, it was like worn down. So they made a new new mold, which is considered Gen 2. It looks more uh, refined, yeah, yeah, way more refined. And then by the time screen three came around, that was when they were pumping these things out like crazy. You know, everyone wanted one for Halloween. They had the tags that actually had like scream like as seen and scream on them and stuff like that at that point and at that point they made them a lot more like symmetrical um they were like super bright white as opposed to having that like pearlescent finish because they glue in the dark um the the earlier ones did uh so the ones in three were were kind of the more like refined didn't have like a you know if we watch the mask and scream one it's got kind of like a uneven it's not very symmetrical. It's kind of uneven. It's got like a twisted look to it. And then when you look at screen three, it's like perfect. It's like yeah. the eyes are perfect. The nose is perfect. Um, so
1: yeah, they're at like hand cut eyes in the original mask. Yeah. And this one, they're yeah. like, it's it's way more refined. And like I said, this is the one where you notice that like he's changing voices. It's like, oh, she thinks it's Cotton. And then yeah. she's like, Cotton's role playing. I'm like, Cotton's my kind of fucked up in bed. <laughs> so is he like, dress up as Ghostface and pound on her? Like, how's this work in bed, girl? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And I also like it that uh, Cotton actually kind of ragdolls the fuck out of out uh, out of out of Ghostface in this one. Yeah. Alluding yeah. to, it's a totally different kind of Ghostface in this. Yeah. Well,
2: Absolutely.
4: he got jacked yeah. for this role. He had to beat him up some. <laughs>
1: So, that voice he's using to kill Cotton, by the way, is Ghostface establishment uses a voice changer, but it's like held on like a, what is it, a snap button? The mask is like held on at the very top. And there's a, there's a scene where you can pause it and he's coming down and you can see a snap instead of like a Velcro from the first film. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, Nate.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, if you really look at it, it's, it's super hard to tell. I'm still like, I can't tell 100% it either is like a snap button or it's like the way the light is hitting the velcro i don't know it's but yeah you could totally see it it's it's very distracting once you see it there yeah <laughs> i paused and been like fuck look at that thing now
2: uh, order, what is dude. that
1: so this is when caught poor cotton gets stabbed and you only get stabbed once but i'm pretty sure like you said this was when they were having to worry about the mpaa they had to cut down yeah. the scenes um, I thought that there is a is there a deleted scene on there's the, the disc? There's multiple ones. Uh, yeah, are there... there's multiple
4: openings. Oh, nice. Oh, there are no multiple openings. Yeah, I, 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 there's at least two on the on the Blu-ray. I got hmm. of uh, different. They're
3: pretty similar. They're just like uh, more. There's more going on. Like Cotton tries to he uses the golf club to break the uh like the sun. Uh, oh my gosh, why can't I think of what it's called? Sunroof. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like the sun, <laughs> window on the window, like ceiling. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. breaks tries to crawl out on the roof, and he's almost out, and Ghostface stabs him through the ankle, and the knife like, stuck in his ankle, and he like rips him down, and then, then it kind of like continues like what what how the movie actually is with him getting stabbed in the chest and whatnot.
1: Well, and then we enter this. That was like a long fucking like whole beginning, and yeah. then it's screen three titles come on, yeah, and then we're introduced to Sydney, who is
0: in as you say, Dave, seclusion. She's in seclusion. She's trying to stay the fuck away from people. You know why? Every time she gets around people, people fucking die. <laughs> she's a totally different person compared to
1: the, the, the second film because she thought she made through. Now she's being, like she's like weathered. Unlike Gil Weather. she's like weathered. weathered. She's like she made it through the Windsor College massacre. She made it through the w- Woodsboro massacre. She's uh, you know
4: got trust she's, issues. She's got fucking
1: yeah. major trust issues. She's <laughs> got three locks on the door and a beautiful dog. And she's but been she,
4: weathered just like that Creed album weathered. Shut
1: the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. So it's 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 interesting to see a whole new. And she's working from home uh, with and she's like a crisis help person. And that's really awesome. And that's the last. that's like the introduction to her, and then we're back to where we were, which is like, oh shit, we're back to how we were. Scream part three.
0: But they're making stab three.
1: <laughs> I know. And that, and that is my favorite part of this movie is the, the movie within the movie within the movie. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. We have Gail Weathers during, doing journalism class as a senior, uh, was it seminar, and filmed at the UCLA. And she still has, she's still a fucking dick. She doesn't yeah. have a dick. She is a dick. Yeah. And she, she, her thing, whole thing is just walk over people. It doesn't matter. So she really has gotten, all, not not just
4: has not changed, she's
1: worse, I think.
4: I could agree with that. <laughs> you know what else is worse? Her hair. She's got those bangs.
1: <laughs> oh, my
0: God. She's
4: got Betty Page bangs, you know, just not like even, Betty Page. Had. No, man, they're choppy. <laughs> they're way
0: worse than <laughs> that. that. Rachel always told me, never trust a woman with choppy bangs. That's that's uh, Rachel is Dave's lady. <laughs> yeah, never trust a woman with choppy bangs. But hey, you know, you know, who
4: else we get in this movie, Jay and
0: Silent Bob. Oh, we do, yeah.
4: Why is that? I know that they were like in the same studio because there's also, if you watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, there's a scene in that movie where they run through the set of Scream where they're making a sequel. I think Ghostface is like an orangutan.
2: <laughs> and they're
4: like, Are you not even trying anymore, Wes? I think it's just
1: a Miramax thing. Do you, yeah. Nate,
4: do you have anything on that?
3: Yeah, it was just something that, you know, Wes would come up with ideas that he just thought was fun or funny. And a lot of times they just were like, Hey, you know what? Go for it. You want to throw them in it? We can get them. And uh, yeah, it, it is kind of strange. I remember seeing it being like, huh, what, what is happening right now? Like it was <laughs> it's very odd. It takes you out of the movie for a second.
0: And there, there are other cameos. Carrie Fisher's in this movie too. She is Carrie Fisher's
1: in this playing, saying she knows who the fuck she looks like. That's a great scene. Oh yeah. Cause you have Fate Gale and Gale. I mean like everybody in this film has their, like their double. Yeah. And I love that cast. And it tells you more about what they're filming. What, are they filming Scream 3, uh, Stab 3? Yeah, they're or, filming Stab yeah. 3. Yeah. So it goes yeah. right, along right along with it. And then I think when you see Jay and Silent Bob, you actually see Wes Craven and yeah, his Wes, producer. He's taking
2: pictures, I think. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Awful cameo. Um, let's see. You get the It's the, uh, Stab 3, The Return to Woodsboro with Nick Cave updating his right hand. Uh, right, red
0: right, right,
4: right hand. Red, red right, right
1: hand, hand at Song, which he updated for this movie. It's like a remix or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. We can go into that soundtrack too. <laughs> I know it all. <laughs> so, the rest of the uh, Stab 3 cast, I want to go through them real quick. You've got Jenny McCarthy, Dion uh, Richmond, uh, Matt Kessler, you got Emily Mortimer, Parker Posey, and Patrick Warburton. I think they all kick ass and they're like dual roles, except for Patrick is the bodyguard. But uh, it's, a great, it's a great way to. Um, to do the whole meta on top of meta, meta thing. thing. Now I know I'm one of the few people who actually enjoy sc- uh, screen three over screen two. Now you can hate me all you want. Go
4: ahead. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not, not, this is my least favorite one.
3: Uh, Nate, do you like this film or do you not like this film? I love Scream three. Uh, I, I, I understand why people hate it. I understand why people think it's even people that don't hate it. They think it's the worst of the series. Um, I think it has a lot wrong with it, but I still love it.
1: What do you think is wrong with it?
3: Uh, honestly, I think it was missing Kevin's, not that somebody else can't write a screen movie because obviously, I mean, in my opinion, I think the new one was incredible. Um, but I think the, what was off balance was like, I think Kevin really had the ability to write a script and just get that perfect mix of horror and comedy just right it wasn't too funny ever, but it was funny enough. And it, you know, it could be really funny and super scary, but never overly funny. I think it was this, that balance that mix was kind of off with it with Aaron's writing. I think it was like way more funny, way more goofy than it needed to be. Um, but at the same time, maybe that wasn't all Aaron. Maybe that was, you know, that could have been direction from the studio. Like, Hey, we can't go all out like brutal, whatever this time, you know, for the same reason that they had to change the whole idea. Like,
1: it's definitely the least brutal of all of the scream films. Um, I think it's got some of the best red herrings. I love the Mark Kincaid. He's the detective who's trying to track down Ghostface, but he's also very like a stalker of Sydney. It's very like it's creepy as fuck. And there's so many scenes interactions with them, and he came on almost like a if I thought if I remember correctly as a last minute thing. Like, they hired him, and his next scene
4: was the next day. Oh, yeah, Detective McDreamy. Yeah, McDreamy, baby. <laughs> and his partner, fake Ben Stiller. <laughs> I, I love
1: him because he is the anchor. Because um, besides, you know, the Sydney Prescott, like, the storyline, all the other characters, like you said, uh, Nate, are kind of, there's, like, a lot of goofy scenes even some of the kills are even a little bit more over the top uh, and they're less brutal but he he is the most serious person in the whole movie it's kind of like how Skeet Ulrich was like the only one going like why the fuck is everybody else making a comedy here his his character is very no nonsense you know Uh, and and that was all the way to the end. And like I said, I'm not going to go through every fucking scene. I really just wanted to, to
0: just spew my love of this. Well, there has to be some things to talk about. You have to talk about Sydney. She still has Derek's necklace. Yeah, that's great. So that's a nice little touch. Um, uh lance hendrickson is basically fucking uh, harvey weinstein i guess yeah i, it's, I wanted it's to really know, weird i
3: want to know if they did that on <laughs> purpose do you have any insight to that or just i have no inside of that but i i would love to hear that they did i would love to know that i mean just yeah, but,
0: just going back knowing what we know about harvey weinstein now and going back and watching
4: it and being like holy shit he got a cameo and he didn't even know it yeah, yeah. my favorite parts when Lance Hendrickson jerked off into a potted plant in the corner
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he is I mean, you also have a lot of, you've got Roger Corman as a, as a cameo in this as the producer he's like well it's just too much violence it's like fucking Roger Corman is saying this yeah. in a
2: movie
4: <laughs> he's also like I could have made this movie for $800,000 right <laughs> yeah he would have had
1: it written in like a week and, and it's filmed in it like half of a week there would have
0: yeah. been a weird slug rape scene dude uh,
3: <laughs> was that galaxy of terror
0: unfortunately
3: yeah that's a great movie <laughs> one of the, that's one of the aspects of this movie though like you were saying that you love you love scream three i do too one of the aspects that sets it aside i think from the other films in the franchise is that it has like a like a underlying mystery going on the entire time other than who is the killer the mystery in scream one was like who's the killer the mystery in Scream 2 was like, who's the killer? I know it's one of you. This one, it's like, who's the killer? But the more interesting mystery that's also going on side by side is um, like, what, what what is Maureen's past? What is Maureen, you know, Cindy's mom's past? Why is the killer leaving the photos of her at a young age? Like, you have this whole other mystery happening exactly. simultaneously with who the killer is. And I think that's what really like, I don't know, that's what made it really work for me is I love that kind of side mystery that is going on as well. Yeah, and, and they had that
0: weird mom dream scene. That the, was the scene that I was
1: talking about that doesn't work in this film to me. Yeah, it just yeah, seemed weird. completely, like, lit differently. I know it's a dream sequence, but, man, it doesn't fit with anything, and it seems very over the top,
4: like, it's, honey. It's kind of like, <laughs> like when baby Jason shows up and Jason takes Manhattan. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's, he's just like,
2: help me. <laughs> <laughs> with hair. Well, yeah, with hair, hair. back.
1: <laughs> so talking about where you got... Uh, going back right where you were at Nate well, I'm going to talk about the rules of the trilogy I'm going to actually quote it from the film Randy's last scene and technically this is the last scene we ever see Randy in the pictures besides I can't talk about it but he's he's, he's mentioned and you don't see him. there's nothing in him like he doesn't show up in part 5 Dave and anybody who hasn't seen part 5 he's the
4: killer in part 5
1: <laughs> but his killer. family takes the torch in part 5 I'll just say that but here we go Randy's last scene he's like that's right it's a rarity in the horror film. He's talking about the uh, trilogy, if you're in a trilogy. He says, it's, it's a rarity in the horror film, but it does exist, and it's a force to be reckoned with, because true trilogies are all about going back to the beginning and discovering something that wasn't true from the, the from the get-go. Godfather, Jedi all revealed something that we thought was true that wasn't true. So, if it is a trilogy you are dealing with, here are some of the super trilogy rules. ding ding <laughs> He didn't do that, but I did. Uh, number one, you got a killer who's going to be superhuman. Stabbing him won't work, shooting him won't work, basically Got, and the third one, you gotta cryogenically freeze his head, decapitate him, or blow him up. <laughs> Number two, anyone, including the main character, can die. That means you, Sid, because they're all watching this on a VHS tape that his sister, by the way, jumps, comes out of nowhere. Martha An- Meeks. Another part <laughs> of the film that just doesn't seem to work, but fuck it, it's the girl from uh, this was the Dollhouse movie. What's it called? The Welcome to the Dollhouse.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. She just pops out of nowhere and she's like, "Hey guys!" And they're like, "Randy's sister." is Like. Well, okay, as an audience, I guess we're just going to have to go with this. <laughs> Anyways, so they're all sitting in this little trailer watching Randy talk about this. So he's like, even that means you suit too, Sid. Um, I'm sorry. It's the final chapter. It could be a fucking reservoir of dogs by the time this thing is through. Number three, the past will come back to bite you in the ass. Whatever you think you know about the past, forget it. The past is not at rest. Any sins you think are committed were committed in the past are about to break out and destroy you. So in closing, let me say good luck, Godspeed, and for some of you, I'll see you soon because the rules say some of you ain't gonna make it. I didn't. Not if you're watching this tape. Fuck, man.
4: <laughs> I don't know, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna go home and make a tape like that just in case this happens to me. You should do that for the next podcast <laughs> episode in case there's not another Gore Club podcast episode. Guys, here's what's going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a. It's, it's a touching part and it's a really cool way to bring Ranny's character back. And as far as uh, being a film nerd, and if you're into this thing, you're you're, you're balls deep. You're like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. This is great. What a great way to do it. It was just weird having Randy's sister just pop out of nowhere.
4: Yeah. <laughs> is she the killer?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: also, I uh, I was gonna say Gene McCarthy in this movie. Which, when this came out, I was probably like, Jenny McCarthy's so hot. Yeah, you had the Playboy uh, VHSs with her. (laughs) Uh, She's basically, so in this movie, it's like uh, she's 27 playing a 35-year-old playing the 21-year-old. Yeah, I love that scene with her. (laughs) I'm candy. Yeah.
1: Which, by the way, was the uh, the lady's name that I used to call in Argentina on those old 800 numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Then my mom was like, who the fuck lives in Argentina? I'm like, somebody worth $75, I guess. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Days are rough for the internet, Steve. Ugh, oh shit! She's probably got kicked off. She probably got killed so early in the movie because of like she's probably trying to push her anti-vaccine uh, beliefs onto the rest of the cast. <laughs> yeah,
1: but as this scene is happening, is when we get introduced to Carrie Fisher, uh, who also is part of the Dimension family. You know, she's actually in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back*. It's like so yeah. much how how this all connected. Um, when you first saw Princess Leia and scream, what the fuck did you were you like, oh that's awesome, or you're like, what the fuck is going on here?
3: I liked it. it. It didn't really take me out um, because I, I don't know. That was one of the cameos, so to speak, that I thought they did well, um, as opposed to like, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob one was kind of it was just weird because it was just like it wasn't Jay and Silent Bob playing somebody else. It was Jay and Silent Bob. The I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought I thought that one worked well. I thought the the joke they made about her looking like Princess Leia was was I, th- I thought it was really done well.
1: Yeah, and I forgot. Did she say that her other, her as herself, slept with the producer or the director to get the yeah. role? She's like, I could have yeah. slept with George Lucas.
4: <laughs> I think, I think I did. I, like, I didn't like that part as much. I think probably because at the time you were probably like, oh man, there's Carrie Fisher Star Wars references, and like now watching it years later, you're like, you've just been beat over the head with Star Wars references for the last twenty years. Yeah. So I'm just like yeah i mean that was probably really good then but like i watch it now i'm like oh star wars uh-huh, that's hilarious let's move on
1: i can totally see that and since you like you said you that you've just now visited these films
4: yeah i hadn't watched that since i was in high school and you got and to I see them it twice in order or was, yeah that's fucking great I, I really you know i feel like we're busting your cherry yeah no, I, I watched it once in high school and then uh, second and third time just two weeks ago
1: so at this point, they've shut down the, the the film set, and the director, whose name is Roman, is just freaking out, pissed off. Uh, there's this whole scene where they confront Lance Henriksen's character, and <laughs> it's great because Parker Posey's like, "You're obsessed with her." And you're obsessed with her mother.
4: Parker <laughs> <laughs> Posey is great in general, but she's great in this movie. Like she's my favorite part of the whole movie.
1: Yeah, the fake Gale and she, the, the the costumes that they get her to wear are just remind you just of the same film. And she's like, "Well, my Gail would do this." Yeah, that that whole dynamic is fucking spot
4: on. And with like me. her just like smoking and like being all manic in the house, like that's yeah. great. I love it.
1: And they go back to her house, and that house that that scene when I first like uh, when I first saw it, I actually didn't like it. I thought it was really shitty and really cheesy. I don't know where my my horror nerd IQ was at the time. I'm like, this is awful. Like the whole fax machine thing, going back and watching it, because I watched each of these movies like four times in the last month just to get ready for this episode, and I was like, man, it really works because it's such a, like you said earlier, it's a product of its time, a fax machine.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what? this was before uh, Brody, whatever and they got, not, not, was as his name? I forgot. He was even a star, and he's the one who plays the fake Dewey who blows up in Parker Posey's house.
2: Oh yeah, like, can I can't remember that guy's name. I can't either. Oh, yeah. Anyways, anyways, this is your movie.
0: <laughs> no, I no. I know. You're, you're driving this ship. I'm. Just I'm trying wrong. to
1: like get over the parts that we are just lagging because like this film doesn't really stop until now. We go to the Romans' birthday party at Lance Henriksen's house, which is the house they use. And Halloween, H2O. H2O, 20
0: years later. 20 years later. I'm telling you if Busta Rhymes was there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a great scene. Uh, the house is gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. But then it gets really the point, trying to get Sid there and Mark there and everybody. they are still trying to, like, layer all these red herrings. That's the kind of part gets kind of heavy. And you're still waiting for, like, it to get... Good as far as like horror nerds, but when I, I'm trying to remember back when I first saw it, and what I didn't like about it, because I'm trying to be subjective, Um but now I watch it and it's, I think it works so well. But when I watched it originally, I just was like, "Man, this is fucking boring." I didn't care. Yeah. And it's weird because I'd like to hear somebody's opinion of someone like you who watched it. Like, did you think like this is working really well? I mean, where are you, where were you at when you watched the ending of this movie? Ace?
4: I got to the end of this, and actually, I wrote. This is what I wrote down. I watched it, which is more douchebag guy with mommy issues. Mommy doesn't love me, so I killed a bunch of people. Sydney's Roman's half brother. Her mom had a little sex, and now all these people are paying for it. What is the message here?
1: Damn, <laughs> Nate, how, what's your assessment on that one?
3: I mean, it, it does sum it up pretty pretty well. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought the mansion scenes were done really well. I liked that. They had everybody in there, and eventually it just gets crazy where Ghostface is just everywhere and he's popping up. There's all these like hidden rooms and passageways, and he's coming out of like closets and stuff. Oh, I thought it was really done well. Um, I love one shot that I love so much in that is when he is going after. Um, why is the character's name escaping me? He's the or- new Randy. Oh, yeah. Wow tyson yeah um i love when he's running down that hallway and obviously it's a stunt man but he pulls that rug out from under him like you literally looks like that stuntman broke his neck like he does a complete like back flip and lands on his neck he really sold it like
1: yeah like
3: every time i see that shot i'm like oh my god that guy had to break his neck i love that scene
1: yeah it comes together now when i watch it now and uh it because of how much I love horror movies and tropes and and the whole trying to edit all together, trying to make that big, huge mess like I was talking about make sense. And how they did it really well is like trying to like the, the, the reboot of Friday the 13th where he's coming through the ground. And, then, and when you're in that mansion and you realize there's so many secret passages, it makes way more sense. And the scene where he comes out as, but at this point in time, everybody, if you haven't, if you don't know, Roman like, as, as, Ace as I put, ruin the movie. No, as Ace put perfectly, he's fucking what you say again. He's a
4: douchebag guy with mommy issues. He doesn't love me. I'm a half brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think I also I just like oh here's some more I'll, if you want to hear me shit on this please do. Like, because Ace does not like part three. Roman also has the world's best bulletproof jacket on ever. Uh, he does get shot like
1: a hundred times. Yeah, he's superhuman. That's what the Randy said.
4: Like I just like the plot is a stretch. The whole thing with like his mom, her mom, I me and her mom, and like and it's like oh you didn't know your mom had a whole secret history of being an actress and you didn't know about it, which maybe that, that makes it happened. a secret. Yeah. Um, it's a stretch. I think it kind of shits in the first two movies for doing it like this, too, because you're just saying, like, all this stuff, happened. and you? are like, oh, by the way, you got a half-brother. It's like a soap opera.
1: Yeah, see, that's why I like I'm. wanted to hear someone who doesn't love it as much as I do or even love the franchise as much as I do. I wanted to hear that and opinion. They,
4: and they tack on the romantic ending at the end. Right. Yeah, Gale and Dewey finally, finally hook up. Which they had it's to because in real, real life they were dating and married. So. They were married. Yeah. That's awesome though, uh,
1: and then you also get the, uh, the uh, you even get more red hair into the end. You f- you find out that Roman is his his, her, you know, is, is Sid's half sister. The scene where he comes out in the body bag is so fucking great with Maureen's voice, which I don't know how he recorded that.
4: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> they t- they. They, he doesn't have a pulse. He's just <laughs> laying there. How do you not have a pulse? <laughs> <laughs> they like, I checked his pulse. He doesn't have one. There's but. a
1: lot of holes. But overall, I think the ending really works for, at least for me, uh, because I just I like the rest of the film. And um, the whole, uh, at the very end, we're just going to skip to the ending. He gets shot. He gets killed. Finally, I mean, he gets killed horribly. And it's beautiful. Um, everyone falls in love, including Sid.
4: Yeah. That's right Her and McDreamy McDreamy. Her and McDreamy Dream a little dream together
1: And I thought the ending was great Because you have The, the door that's slowly opening up And Sid looks at it they're, they're still in her farmhouse And she just looks at it And she thinks No, I'm, I'm fine now She's in a good place Oh it's beautiful. Now let's talk about this shitty soundtrack. Like, <laughs> and, like, the trilogy Do we is have wrapped to? up. Do we
0: have to talk about any more of the soundtracks?
1: Oh, man. It's got Slipknot, Finger Eleven, American Pyril, Seven Dust, Godsmack, Cold Chamber, Static X, Incubus, Dope, Fuel, Power Man 5000, Dave. Just stop. Oh, wugga, God.
3: wugga, wugga, Waka wugga, wugga, all the Scream soundtracks, they're seriously like one of those like now CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit,
2: that's the best. Yeah.
3: And okay, this will be the last
1: time we talk about the soundtracks, but I, I know that you just picked up the uh, CD collection, correct? Yeah, or you have yeah. it. And that, you look yeah. at you, Superman. It's not supposed to come out until like July. Oh, wow. And then Super Nate over here, he, he made a video of it. Just talk about that for a little bit. It looks, the packaging looks amazing.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's the first time that like, the complete, absolute 100, 100% complete scores by Marco Beltrami for Scream 1 through 4 have been released. Um, and it also has like a bonus disc with it that has like music that he made for all four films that never made it. So it's the first time they've ever been heard. Um, so and I guess like so they did a they're doing a vinyl collection and the CD collection, but the CD is the only one that's going to have those like bonus uh, tracks, which is the only reason normally I would get the vinyl set, but I wanted the bonus stuff, so that's why I went with the CDs. And that was the first time I bought a CD in like forever, so it's kind of weird opening them. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, we're all vinyl collectors here. Uh, Dave has records on it, was his own music on vinyl, and uh, it's the the packaging. What is it, Unfold to uh, the Ghost Face Mask? How does that look? I mean, I've just seen pictures. What is that?
3: Yeah, it's just basically like a kind of like a digi pack, like. but it folds open and if you unfold it the whole way which you don't have to do um you just kind of slide it off and you can take the discs out but if you keep unfolding it it, it's like a giant bloody ghost face mask um kind of cool yeah Uh, i I don't know that you would like unfold it and fold it back up like you know a bunch of times but uh i I think it was more more made for like the experience of like opening it for the first time
4: I do the same thing with my Danzig 2 CD, where I unfold into an upside-down crossover all the time. Does it do that? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a few-gy-o-gy. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, my
4: favorite, as far as the score goes, <laughs> my favorite part of any of the movies as far as the score is basically what, I guess it's Dewey's theme song in part two, yeah. whenever he just shows up, and it sounds Dewey. almost like the theme song from Twin Peaks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like the theme to that, but yeah, I like that part. That yeah, song.
1: Marco did that too, I believe, didn't he?
4: No, that was Angelo... Oh, Angelo Bad yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: Dave, you had some notes on that. What was up the there about the Dewey song, uh, song? I thought you were talking about that. Oh, no. Okay.
0: I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean anything. I've got notes on Scream 4. Scream 4. Here we go. Dave, take so the So you worked on this one somewhat. You were on, you're on the set. What was your experience on this movie? What did you do?
3: So they basically had me... Um, well, okay, so I guess the easiest way to explain it would be, uh, so Scream 3 was supposed to be the last one. Um, and, you know, Scream 4 didn't even get greenlit till like, 10 years later or something. Um, so because Scream 3 was the last one, or supposed to be, they didn't really care to, like... A lot of times, studios, they'll, like, hold on to stuff for, like, ever, just in case there's a sequel or, you know, whatever, various other reasons. But this was kind of, like, the movies were all films kind of so close to each other, almost back to back to back that this was like the big finale and it was just like, Oh, we're done. We finished the trilogy and they didn't really keep anything. And, you know, people took stuff or whatever, whatever happened to everything. But basically by the time uh, screen four was greenlit, um, they didn't have literally nobody. They had no access to one of the original Ghostface costumes, which they what? needed to make like the pattern. Yeah. Um, apparently Wes had some, from the first movie but they were in storage and he couldn't find them and also they weren't looking for the ones from the first movie because there was like some stuff that changed they wanted like one from three um and i was friends with the prop master who did all three movies and was hired for four and he knew that i had one from three so he actually reached out to me when like the movie was greenlit and basically was like hey do you want to help and, send us your costume you can help like make sure ghostface looks right and help with the masks and um so i basically was like a consultant for like prop and wardrobe as far as like ghostface went um and uh like just kind of answering like a lot of questions like randomly i would just get like a text like quick uh what was the name of gill weathers like second book and it's like oh blah blah and they're like thanks you know just a lot of stuff like that they just knew they could get like the answer right away um but yeah i had to send my set my costume to set and they used it to make the pattern uh in the template to make the ghost face costumes for four i actually found the fabric also that they used because the fabric was long like discontinued you couldn't find it anywhere Ooh, um, yeah. That's amazing. i had been trying to find the same fabric for years and right before the movie was greenlit i i was constantly online finding stuff that looks similar and i'd get like swatches sent to me in the mail i like, try to match it up i'm like yeah it's wrong um i had just found a swatch so i got one sent to me that was like almost identical and then they greenlit it and they're like oh we don't know where the fabric is it's like i know where the fabric is yeah. like <laughs> it's
0: in <laughs> my house bitches. <laughs> that's like a nerd's dream like you're so you're, you're really into the fan- franchise and they're like oh you need me now Right, you're like the backup singer of fucking Judas Priest, <laughs> 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 fucking Ripper Owens. <laughs> so this this movie was uh, Wes Craven's last film. Yeah, and uh, it marks the return of uh, Kevin Williamson, and uh, it's it was originally supposed to be a new trilogy. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is the, these are the things that I that I read. It was originally supposed to be a new trilogy, um, and it's a, it's almost a reboot of sorts of the Scream franchise because at the time everything was a reboot I mean even some of other Wes Craven's other films were being rebooted yeah I mean Street and he had all these other things so he, the, the story that I read is they got together and they're like hey let's just make let's just reboot our own series and the first thing you see in this movie is the weirdest fucking opening in the franchise <laughs> I got faked <laughs> out by both of those so <laughs> so so they're watching stab Six. Yeah. In the beginning of it, and then those people die, and then they. They they mentioned there's time travel in Stab Five, <laughs> <laughs> like I really want to fucking see these Stab movies because they sound like fucking Friday the Thirteenth
4: where they just oh I know <laughs> which is why they included time travel in Scream Five. Uh, now, I don't spoil that for you, Dave, but that's what happened. <laughs> that's
1: where Nate came in. He's like, I know how to do this. Yeah, <laughs> I got this Delorean. But, but there's there, there's
0: there, there's 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 that, and all of a sudden fucking Anna Paquin's on the screen. <laughs>
4: And Kristen Bell, and right? Kristen yeah, Bell. Yeah. they're nice to look at. <clears throat>
0: they're not, ni- yeah. And then fucking yeah. Anna Paquin gets stabbed, and now, oh wait, that's another movie. And then we sort of get to the real movie because at this point I don't know what the fuck to trust.
4: I th- the fake openings were better than the real opening. No, nah, I thought it was. <laughs> I
0: thought it was really cool because in the real opening they have that they have that uh, that reverse Tatum kill. She's getting stabbed. Get- <laughs> the
2: she's door get- comes she's back getting- up.
0: Yeah, the door's coming back coming down on her. So it's that great. was a nice little throwback. But yeah. uh, you know, the movie starts off. Very fucking weird <laughs> And I like I really like How they just roast What's going on In horror at the time They're like Oh yeah Those Saw movies They're just They're just gore For no reason Like It's like I yeah. relate to these people So hard
4: <laughs> Yeah That's why I stopped Watching Saw I saw part two And I was like I don't need to watch Any of these anymore
0: <laughs> Yeah I mean They just roast The the state of horror It's very It's very It's very like On the nose Comedy Sort of yeah. But then it gets Straight to the Fucking gore man but this movie—this is one of the goryest ones. Oh, absolutely! Um, just to set up the movie, this movie, Sydney's written a book. She's taking the power back. You know, at this, at this, <laughs> at, at this
2: point, man, she's
4: it's like public enemy.
0: She's <laughs> taking the power
2: back. <laughs> but she's like she's she's
0: she's tired. She's tired of playing the victim in this one, right? So she wants to be. She wants to empower herself. She writes this book, like I'm going to tell my story. And what's Gail doing? Sitting home with writer's block.
4: It's great. It's a great it's, beginning.
0: It's 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 a great way to start the movie. Gale and Dewey are still married, even though it, it, in real life weren't they divorced by this time? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, they were divorced. But uh, but uh, again, this was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. So you have a you have a whole new cast. It's the 15th anniversary. It is the 15th anniversary, but you meet uh, you meet the other. Um, the other, the other, the other, the other uh, students. You Just, meet Kirby. You meet yes. Jill. Yeah. yeah, and the
1: whole town is decorated in these kick-ass fucking like masks all over the place, like Mardi Gras
3: style. I'm, and I know, I know, there's a hunt for some of that shit, right, Nate? Yeah, like Fun World. They w- basically Fun World sent them a lot of like uh, early like product that was supposed to be coming out to promote the movie, um, but they sent them like the early like. Test runs of a lot of this stuff. Like, there's they were like a bobblehead costume, basically. It was like a giant ghost face head, and um, they just didn't know what to do with them. So, they're like, Oh, let's just put them on all the light posts in town. Um, so yeah, a lot of that stuff just pl- yeah, it's like ghost face everywhere. It's like the opening of Scream Two, only it's like through the whole movie, there's like ghost face stuff everywhere. Well, just-
4: imagine you went back home, you haven't been home in a while. And <laughs> oh no, the guy who killed your mother. They're just like we love this guy. I'm gonna <laughs> hang him up on every light post in town. Right, well, <laughs> it's like a cross. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I mean, I mean, people really do that. People idolize killers all the time. Yes. And in weird fucking ways. But you know, this movie goes. This this movie goes even further. Cause Sydney's go Sydney's going there for her her book signing. Where Where better to go with her bitch manager, Allison Bree. Yeah, but, she. Uh,
4: I, I like Alison <clears>
0: Bree's good. But like a lot of these a lot of these characters, you'll notice over the course of the movie. Like so, Jill is Sydney's cousin, but she's the new Sydney in the movie, right? Yeah. And then you have Hayden, who uh, uh what's her? Word? Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere. I plays- couldn't pronounce that. Thank God you all <laughs> did, because I would have <laughs> fucked that up so who, bad. Who plays Kirby? Which she's like, she's like the popular Randy. Like if Randy was popular, this would be Randy. No girl
4: that hot has ever looked, has known that much about movies.
2: And then you know, Kirby Allison- Kirby's
0: my spirit lady.
4: <laughs> At least my experience in high school no no girls that I thought looked good were like hey you want to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre have you met that girlfriend <laughs> Maybe but,
0: but Allison Bree, you know her character is basically like the new Gale almost just a total bitch and out for money yeah and there's a lot of parallels with characters in this movie
2: yeah
0: um but so you know we've got we've got we've got the first murder and Sydney's there and they get a phone call and uh, what was it Did they get a phone call or what was it. I remember they found the phone in her car. She's been framed. Yeah, she's been framed. Well, they find
1: that. Well, they, I don't know if she's been framed, but they, uh, they, they come out when they're. Oh, up they trace trunk. the call.
0: They yeah. trace the call, and then Dewey's like, "I'll call this," because everybody has cell phones now, and there's lots of technology in this yeah. movie. Because everything's changed over the last ten years. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Everybody
4: actually does have a cell phone now, unlike <laughs> in the first movie where they said everybody did, but I didn't know anybody that had a cell phone. In my ex-wife had one when those movies came out,
1: and it was a fucking. It was. It looked like the Drew Barrymore phone. Oh yeah. 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 yeah my dad brick.
4: had one. You really like came in a big case. It was like this big, and you ripped it open. It's like, like the. It's like the military. Like. It had to be like somebody had to be like dead before you made a call on that thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Uh, but you know, Sydney gets framed for this. Uh, well, the the, the the there's a bloody knife and shit in her car. So now they're like, you can't leave town. You could be the murderer, which maybe she is now. Maybe we she's don't, broke. We don't know. Maybe she's broken. But did we get to we get to the the first like real kill scene, like the most brutal kill scene in this series? I think. Oh, that's, yeah, I well, I am going to say Steve and Casey, but that's just me. Uh, I don't know, man. Um so first off, you get past the, you get introduced to the fucking Barney Fife and his <laughs> and his the two Barney Fifes, the you know, the one that's like the, the so the, the security details outside uh, Sydney's Sydney's family's house, sir. Her, her aunt and yeah, it's Anthony Anderson and <clears throat> Adam Brody. Yes, Adam Adam Brody, Anthony Anderson is a is, is a pedophile. Anthony Perkins. Hey, yeah, he's a pedophile. Man. Oh, in real life. Like, oh no, I'm just saying like in the movie because <laughs> uh, like he sees this high school girl. that like, pull up that they obviously know is a high school girl, and he's all like, "She can come over to my house or something." Like, yeah, yeah. She's bugging <laughs> my. Like yeah, it's really a- it's really weird. It's just like, don't be a creep, dude.
1: But when you know he's all, like all the allegations that have come after that guy, <laughs> and then you go back and watch this movie, you're like.
0: Oh shit, Anthony um, Anderson! This, this, this was this was before this was before like he really got. Big, oh yeah, yeah, this yeah, is Before he really got big. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, this first, this first, like I don't count the first kill because I don't even know what the fuck's going on in the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> that was brutal with
4: <clears> him <her> bleeding <throat> at the but neck. But this
0: there. this one is 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 really good because it's a really tense scene. So you have you have uh, you have Jill and uh, Kirby sitting in Jill's bedroom. You know they're they're sort of on lockdown because. They don't know what's going to happen. They got the security detail outside and they get a call from the ghost face. And you know, it was just going on and on. They think it's they thought it was her ex-boyfriend at first. Trevor. Thought it was Trevor. It's not Trevor. But uh That's my that's my Jackson. The, the, <laughs> the greatest part about it was is it's sort of, there's a lot of misdirection in that scene cuz like I'm in the closet and you're thinking, "Oh shit, maybe he's in the closet." Fuck it. And then she opens it, it's like, see, you're not here. Yeah, she pulls a, f- a full <clears throat> Sydney from the first film, yeah. like, Come on, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. See see, it's you're great. not here. And she said, I never said it was in your closet. And then a poor fucking Olivia <laughs> gets stabbed through the hand, gets stabbed through the chest. Man, she gets stabbed a lot. Yeah. And it's from across the across the way. And I, the reason why I say this one, this one's one of my favorite. It's so much more so much more brutal in this. Like I know that you know, in the original one, the first kill was like... It was really brutal. She's hanging there and guts and everything. Story, gory, but it's not it's necessary. Gory, but yeah. this one is just like, oh, shit, she's trying to block it, and she gets stabbed in the hand. Yeah. And then by the time they get over there, her guts are just on the floor. And it <laughs> looks like Sam Raimi directed it. He's just throwing, <laughs> like throwing blood everywhere. Drag me to scream. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but, scream I mean, me to hell. That is, that, <laughs> is, like that is hands down my favorite <laughs> kill and setup in the series. Um, just because it, I felt like it. Just the whole scene flowed very well and it caught me off guard a little bit. Maybe I'm just dumb and I should have seen it coming, but you know.
4: No, it's great. I didn't see either one of the killers in this movie coming when I watched it the first time. I was, was like, oh
2: shit.
1: That was one thing they definitely covered up well. And this was another thing about the script. I, I know this one did get leaked, correct? And they did know the ending. Is that
3: Am I wrong about that one? Um, so, well, there was a lot of issues with the script. Kind of like a lot of the details are just now starting to come out, but basically it was kind of a similar situation to three where only only Kevin had written the script. So basically, Kevin, they, they hired Kevin. They gave him all the time he needed. You know, you're, you created this. Let's do a new one. Um, pretty much said, like, we're going to let you write and we'll, we'll make the movie that you want to make. So Kevin wrote Scream 4. Um, that was the movie they were going to make. And then they started shooting. Right before they started shooting, the Weinstein's intervened, and as they <laughs> do, and just basically decided, um, we want to change this. We want to change that. We need you to rewrite this, rewrite that. And it just got to the point where Kevin was just like, "I'm not doing this. Like, this is not like you're. This is not the movie that I wrote anymore." And they basically just said, "Okay, fine, forget it." And they told him, "Like, we'll get somebody else." So they brought Aaron Kruger in to do a whole bunch of the rewrites on it. Um, And, yeah, it was very frustrating for, like, the cast because they were literally being handed, like, new pages, like, minutes before they were filming because it was like, oh, hey, that scene that you memorized, like, for the last two days, yeah. um, Wes and Aaron rewrote it, and here you go, because Harvey said so, or, you know, whatever. Um, So the movie was almost written, like, as it was being filmed. Um, the, the core story is still Kevin's, but a lot of the dialogue is, is Aaron's basically from what I understand.
1: Yeah. I remember Wes Craven talking about that and then they were making, they made those jokes in three. And then this one, it really happened. They're like, God <laughs> damn, <laughs> we're
0: really getting this day by day. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. So you get you uh so at this point Gail Gail can't write a fucking book, so what's she gonna do? She's gonna get back on the case. More people are getting murdered. I'm gonna make some money. I don't so have she, a
4: camera crew, but I don't need money. <clears throat> she so, literally wrote the book on this. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: She says it so many times <laughs> yeah. in this movie. <clears throat> so she she meets up with the Woodsboro Film Club. More film club. It's like the Gore Club. If for <laughs> people that for people that have been to the Gore Club. Oh if, yeah, yeah, now yeah. If I if
4: I was at Gore like the kid who has like the little, like, camera thing on his ear the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you have- I, if I was in high school and, and there was a kid walking around constantly, like, videoing everybody and be like, hey, I'm a fucking Gorka, or, like, I'm Like, a fuck video. you, Robbie. I would just be <laughs> like... I would have just like punched him right in the ear and put be like, stop guys. filming me now. As a teenage <laughs> but, hothead, I would have done that.
0: But then again, this is this is before. I mean, this is this was like 2011. Everybody wasn't blogging their life yet. Like, yeah. that is that is now. Yeah, I mean, and
3: it's, it's interesting because he says that in the movie where Sydney's like, What do you got going on here with that? You just film like your whole day and put it online, and he's like, Everyone will do it someday, Sydney. And it's like, yeah, they are with their phone.
0: Absolutely correct. It it, 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 it it it's 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 happening now. We see it's seeing it in front of our faces. But they get a little bit of information, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And uh yeah, oh I had that note predicted predict the future. But uh, we get Stabathon where these kids they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna have their movie Marathon, man. Again. In a no, this one's in a barn. In a bar. it's not like a theater. It's a barn, but it's badass. And, and Gail's up to her old trick. She's like, they're having a party. I'll just put cameras in there, and nobody will notice. The sets in that they've got, they've got the uh, they've got Casey in the
3: fucking side. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? All the set. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like they yeah they had a lot of hidden uh, references to the other film. A lot of the extras were dressed up like you. You only see them for a split second, but they had like an extra that was dressed up like Gail. From the first movie, and you know they had Casey's body like hanging like a dummy, and, and a bunch of stuff like that. I fucking love it.
1: Very heartwarming. Yeah, yeah very heartwarming. They're, they really care about their history in this town. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, so uh, Rory Culkin, and then Rory. Uh, yeah, he, Rory. Yeah.
4: So it, was he? Which so which Culkin was he? The Culkin that was Anonymous. Ronald- well, yeah, I knew he was in. Yeah, he, <laughs> he plays the uh, Lords, of, Lords of Chaos. The Lords of Chaos. He was.
0: He was the one that wet the bed. Yeah. In,
4: uh, so he was the one who wet the bed in Home Alone. Yes, that was, that was him. him. Yeah, he's like, don't yeah. give him Pepsi, he wet the bed. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's it's Charlie and
1: Robbie are the two uh nerds who create Stabathon.
0: Yes. Yeah. And they, they, they update the rules. I didn't write them all down, but one of them is like, you, you're, uh, they don't kill gay characters. <laughs> oh yeah, when they're actually in the, uh, in the
1: in the film class, they're going over what would make the things differently. Role. The yeah. updated rules. Yeah, that's great. And, um, that and film one of them, class is great. And actually you have a, one of the first gay characters in the franchise, if I remember correctly,
0: oh. which is Robbie. Yeah, well, that's debatable. He might have just said that. We don't know. I think he just said that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <clears throat> He's
0: just trying not to get killed, <laughs> which kind of makes him a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You're just saying. <laughs> that. But I mean, this is this this movie like just picks up all of a sudden like Gale gets fucking stabbed, now. Now now uh now you go a little bit further. Uh, wait. Oh, the cops outside. So I've got to talk about these fucking cops. Oh, please do. So <laughs> oh, All right. So. You got something <clears throat> Nate? <laughs> well, I hope maybe you can answer this because apparently when when he gets stabbed in the head and he gets out and he starts swinging, what I read was West Craven based that on something that really happened. Somebody really got stabbed in the skull. And do you know anything about that or is that just bullshit?
3: All right. So
0: the story, oh, as, I,
3: as I understand it, um, yes. So Wes did read a story where a guy basically walked into um, ER and had like a knife sticking like in his skull, in his brain. And he was like walking and talking and functioning. And there's like, he saw photos, like there was an x-ray of it in there. And the guy was like fully functioning. Um, So Wes got in his head like, oh, so that's possible. You could literally get stabbed in the head. And if it just goes in just right, you could survive at least survive for a little. So um but what the story that a lot of people don't know um is that, and again, this is secondhand, but to say a reliable source that was on set that day told me. Um basically Anthony Anderson is, you know, he's a comedian, he's does a lot of funny stuff. Um he may have been a little confused that he was in a scream film and not a scary movie. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he kept doing it like he kept being really silly with it and they kept doing take after take after take and uh apparently Wes kept saying like okay it's great we're all laughing we love it but play it straight like get out of the car like you're dying you're literally dying you're stabbing the head like play it straight and he would just keep doing it like kind of goofy kind of goofy and finally they couldn't do any more takes and Wes was finally just like you need to give me, like, you have to play it straight. Like, this is not a comedy. the horror movie. Like, you have to play it straight. So I guess he gave him one take that, like, where he played it totally straight. He came out, he was, like, dying, and he fell down, whatever. There was no joke. Well, at some point during the editing process, I don't know why, for whatever reason, they decided to go with... Bruce Willis. Which, <laughs> <takes> me, <laughs> right, yeah. Which took me directly out of the movie. and was just like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Uh, yeah, I didn't like that, but yeah. So that that's the story as I understand it. That see, see, I thought,
0: I thought, I thought it was very weird because yeah, you could you could watch it and be like, oh, he's still trying to be funny, but the other cop he just gets stabbed in the back and just dies <laughs>
2: <laughs> immediately,
0: <laughs> and his partner gets stabbed in the skull. But you know, the movie picks up at this point. They're trying to figure out. They they get the call from Ghostface. And they're trying to figure out, like, well, fuck, where the fuck is Jill? She's not there. She's at Kirby's. Why not? Because they're having a fucking party. People are dying. Teenagers are going to have parties. They have to in these films. That's what has to happen. But, uh, (laughs) again, the knives in these movies are the strongest knives ever. They go through fucking skulls. They go through fucking, you know, two-inch-thick doors and stab people's ants. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) You have multiple Buck 120s, Correct. Yeah, I have a couple that were used in the in the films. Uh, actually, it's funny you said that. I used to have the uh, the one you're talking about that kills the ant. Um, originally, it was like a more elaborate death that she gets stabbed multiple times, and the final stab is through the back of her head through like a mail slot on the door. Makes um, and the the regular knife like it would only come out like that much through the mail slot, so they <laughs> literally made a buck one twenty that had a blade like <laughs> this long on it so they could stick it through the mail slot and it broke on set it like broke in half and i had it like i used to have it at like it was in two pieces i ended up trading it for something else like years ago but it was like a sword that was like a buckle <laughs> <laughs> I it just for that shot that they barely used of it coming into the mail slot like fuck dances with wolves
4: well they <laughs> did they use like a was there some scenes that had like a cgi knife
3: yeah, there was a couple. Um, There wasn't as many as people think. Like, I remember an article came out. And it was actually Wes. Wes had done an interview, like, when the movie came out, saying, like, oh, yeah, we had all these knives on set, and we just decided to just go digital. It was so much easier. And I remember, like, a lot of the prop department, they're like, that, like, broke my heart to read that. Not that they were mad at Wes, but they were, it was like the quote was mistaken, like, that he was saying, like, Oh, we didn't use the real stuff at all. It was all digital. I mean, they only did that a couple times. Um, but the main thing was uh, Olivia's death, your favorite death, uh, because he was he stabbed so many times. Yeah,
0: I mean, that knife goes straight through her hand. I don't know. Yeah.
3: So they just had like a rubber handle and just, he just went to town on her basically with a rubber handle and they put the knife in later.
0: Yeah. Seeing people get stabbed always makes me uncomfortable because sometimes in movies it's like, uh, uh, but sometimes it's just like, Oh, stop stabbing this person. That looks like it. <laughs> it just, I mean, just like we talked about with, uh, with uh, Silent Night Deadly Night 4. 4 or 5. I Four, can't remember. Where Clint Howard's just stabbing the guy. It's just yeah, like very slow.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> but, anyways, so back to this movie. Silent Deadly Night 5 is amazing, by the way. Just like Scream 5.
2: Mm.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> Silent Night Deadly Night 5, by the way. It's such a crazy, ridiculous. What a crazy, crazy
1: movie! That was our last episode before the Scream episode. We did a whole oh. franchise on the Silent Deadly Night. So I made that comment last episode about like we just went from the greatest franchise of all time to even better franchise. No, 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 no. Anyways, thank God, thank you,
0: Scream. Carry on, Dave. Party time. <laughs> Chef the gears. <clears throat> oh, wrong movie. Sorry. No, they're at they're at uh, Kirby's house because uh, you know everybody's hanging out. This unlikely, this unlikely group of friends—you know, the film nerds, the popular girl, Jill Roberts. <laughs> yeah, they're also drinking like wine coolers. I yeah, think. like
4: well, one of them has like a big, huge like. Looks like she's just drinking like a scotch and soda. Like I don't know, she has like a big drink that no teenager would ever drink. Like they're all <laughs> drinking like they're in their forties and they're like sitting around reading a nice leather-bound book, whereas. Don't... When I was in high school as a teenager, I was just like slamming bud lights as fast as possible
0: after shocks and saying <laughs> yeah,
3: Robbie yeah. Robbie was the one in the background doing shots of tequila. <laughs> right. With yeah. the bottle with him. He's just like fuck it, I'm leaving with the bottle I'm just chugging yeah. it in the backyard.
1: Yeah, we we were stealing like fucking Boone's Farm from Win Dixie and Kroger and right uh, whatever yeah, whatever you kid. Could
4: get. And she's got like a she's got like a gin and tonic on the couch. It's like, oh, like drinking it. Well, and, like, the, the deg- where are the parents? <laughs> yeah, no parents. No
0: parents.
3: <laughs> it's
0: different time, 2011. You can leave I feel kid. like no
3: characters have parents in this movie. In the any of these movies, they're just like right. <laughs> the parents are always like never. They're gone. They're nowhere to be found. girl yeah.
0: has the most irresponsible parents ever. The town.
1: It does. That's why it keeps getting haunted by killers. Because they know they can get away with it at nighttime because there's no parents that come out and care.
0: Well yeah. the ex boyfriend shows up. Curfew Murphy Fuck that. Let's do it. <laughs> Just do it. Do whatever. So ex boyfriend shows up yeah. to the party. And this is the first the first tip that I was like, oh shit, that Culkin kid's a murderer because he gets uh he gets he, he almost just looked at
2: him. Yeah, he
3: just, <laughs> 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 like that kid's murdering somebody.
0: <laughs> he's the, uh, he's the, he's about ready to get. He's about ready to make. Uh, Kirby's making making her move. You know, she kisses him, and then you know the fucking ex boyfriend comes in, and he gets up and fucking storms away like a goddamn incel. So I'm just like, all right, dude's gonna murder somebody. Yeah, he's mad. Oh, yeah. he's, he's mad. He's gonna kill somebody with his heart on. But. Uh, you know, she the look she gives him, man, is fucking priceless. <laughs> She's like staring daggers at him like, "Motherfucker, who are you? Leave." Oh, I know.
1: You think she thinks he might be one of the killers and you're like, "Oh, you're coming to see your girlfriend who you fucked over and I'm trying to get fucked." So fuck you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love how I love how he's in the house like everyone keeps like going in and out, like upstairs, downstairs, coming in and at one point Kirby's just like who invited you get out of my house?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's that, that that's the part. she's just staring fucking daggers
0: at him. But uh this is where we see uh poor Robbie. Robbie's dead. He gets he's 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 doing his vlog and everything, filming and opens the door and there's there's Ghostface. He's
1: cheering on his buddy. who's going to get he's banging the hottest chick in school. He's like nerds unite. And yeah. then
0: no. And then not he gets, you he gets stabbed. and he, It's where he's like, "But I'm gay." <laughs> and like the killer's like Are you though? Just for a second. (laughs) He's like, "Don't use that." God, just like, (laughs) yeah. And you know, it it sets it sets up further. Fucking Sydney gets to the house. She's like, Holy shit, we gotta go. We gotta get out of here. Fucking ghost faces here all of a sudden. Knives everywhere. <laughs> Jill 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 is under a bed. There's knives everywhere, dude. Kirby and Sydney run downstairs and then you get, you know, you've got you got you've got uh you got uh, Culkin kid. God damn it, what's his name? Little <laughs> Rory Culkin. <laughs> Little Charlie. <clears throat> Charlie, you got Charlie banging on the door and Sydney's like, uh uh-uh. uh, seen this shit before. Don't let him in. Yeah, and then the lights go out, and it's it's a it's, it's it's again. This is a remake. So now we have, now we have Charlie t- tied to the or taped to the chair. Yeah, just like the original S- movie. Steve, just like Steve, and fucking Kirby gets the phone call. But you know what? She knows her shit. Yeah, Kirby kicks ass in this scene. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. She's like, fuck you. She knows every shitty remake that's ever been made, and that's in the why last the last twenty years. And that's why that little incel's mad. Cause a, cause he just a, a, because a woman knows more than him. Oh yeah! Hell yeah! I don't know. I th- that's what I, that's the vibe I got from it. But uh, you know, here you get your reveal. You know, you get the reveal that oh, she goes out there to save him because she won the game, and he just stabs her.
1: That's a great scene, and he's like. And it's almost like, especially very, it's like very current. And he's like, women don't owe you fucking shit, dude. And now you're saying like, oh, now you're seeing me for the first time. And it's like, oh, so she owes you something. So now you're killing her. And it's like this whole little scene. Yeah. And considering how long ago it had been made. It's
4: very relevant now. Yeah. this It's, all, it's yeah. just like all the all the movies are like, every, every killer in all the movies, I'm always like, you fucking nerd. You'd fucking deserve to be killed. I fucking hate you. Boo hoo. Your mom doesn't. Like, God, like, it's always just these big fucking, like, boohoo crybaby nerds who are like, I'm going to kill everybody because my mom didn't love me enough. Except for
1: Stu. Stu was just having a good time, so fuck
4: you. He was just like a rich kid who was trying to latch on to him, who was secretly in love with him the whole time.
1: Let's have a party (laughs) at my castle.
0: Now, one one note I did make is that Wes Craven had once said that that Kirby could still be alive in the universe. I won't ruin that for you, Dave. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways... (laughs) Sydney runs away. Ghostface stabs her in the stomach, gets her, and who is it? It's Jill. Jill. It's Jill, and why does she want to do this? Wearing clogs,
1: cause you can hear them when yeah. she walks. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. um,
0: um, um, um. <laughs> you can't. I just watched it earlier, <clears throat> and then and then you go into the whole spiel about why she's doing it. Why does she want to do it? Cause she wants to be famous, yeah. Internet famous. How much, like I said, relevant is that now more than anything? Holy
2: yeah. shit! I will
1: shake my dick at the camera right now to get likes. <laughs> I'm sure he would appreciate it if you didn't. Welcome to the show, Nate.
0: <laughs> so do you? Uh, so 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 this end scene. Do you have any anything on this on the on the end scene other than it's just fucking batshit crazy? It is batshit crazy.
3: Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh one thing that always stood out to me about the ending of scream four is it's the first time where it really seems like they really pull the curtain back and you get a feeling of like you you almost get that feeling of like holy shit there's a moment where you're like she fucking did it she's getting away with it she's setting the scene up like the moment that whole that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is the whole thing of her like like you can even see it in her eyes. She's like, I did it. I killed them and I stabbed Sydney and she's dead, I think. And now I gotta set it up before the cops get here. And you know, when she's like ripping her hair out with like Trevor's hand and yeah, stabbing definitely. herself and running into the poster on the wall, like the she's doing a fight club. Yeah, the whole time. I'm just like, This bitch is fucking.
4: Crazy. She really sells it. <laughs> yeah, she she shot her ex in the dick. Yeah, she pulled
0: a RoboCop and <laughs> shot him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> and a note he was he was wearing the same clothes, basically the same get-up as Sydney's father from, oh, from the first one. I never caught
4: that. Yeah, they pull him straight out of that closet, just like yeah. part one. Yeah, was, it's yeah. The
0: same same thing. So many so many parallels, but you know. Um, You know, so she almost gets away with it too, because like, she in intentionally after she beats herself up and she thinks Sydney's dead, she lays she lays there with her, like you know, on the perfect fucking pose. So when they find him, be like, oh, this is how they were laying. She gets back to the hospital. Man. It's a storybook ending, and then to get to the hospital in your Well, life. you could see it in her dun, eyes, too, because they're, they're taking, out to, taking her out to the ambulance and everything, and she's like, oh, they're here for me. It's like, if I was taking somebody that was half dead out to an ambulance, and they're all smiling and be like, we need to psych a yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to fingerprint her right now, just in case. But the interesting thing is how she gets caught, like how, how they figure it out. Like, fucking Dewey figures it out again, man. He says something to her, talks to her, and then goes talk to Gail because Gail got stabbed earlier. And they're like, "Wait, how does she know what shoulder got stabbed in?" And yeah. Dewey puts it together, and by this time, fucking Jill's in there trying to kill Sydney, fucking punching her in her gut wounds and shit. <laughs> She's yeah. so and brutal. That's rough, and dude, she, yeah. she fucking wrecks Dewey, man. She wrecks him with a fucking a, a piss pan, a bed pan, a <laughs> <laughs> bed pan, a bed pan, Oh man, and it's just like this fucking brawl, like. It's great. Somebody I love it.
1: somebody has that fucking prop. Is yeah. the bedpan. Is that you by chance? I I had
3: it and we <laughs> I fucking it knew it. We we gifted it to uh Spencer from Ice Nine Kills because he helped us out so much on our uh, Scream event at the Scream House. So that was something that we gifted him. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a rubber. They just took a real bedpan and molded it and made it out of rubber and oh painted God. it. And- I hope he gets it hurts. Him. It really hurts too. We've we hit ourselves with that, it. it hurts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just think
0: this, oh, this ending is so over the top, but the best part is when, when Gail sets up fucking the last, the last line clear. What do you mean? Clear. <laughs>
2: Bam! Yeah. And, and
0: it kills her sort of, but not really, not, not really because you know, Suddenly he gets the shooter in the fucking head again. I know, man. She's got those headshots down. Oh, she does. She ha- now <clears throat> this one also had the most kills in it. it had 15, 15 murders in it. It, um, is a lot. it is a lot. Um, But here's here, here's what I found out like afterwards. So originally, this was going to be a new trilogy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So so we had this whole new trilogy, and what I read was the original ending was it was going to end. After Jill went to the hospital and Sydney was going to have amnesia and not know. Oh, I read that, yeah. <clears throat> and not know. And that that was going to be the new thing. So sure, Sydney God. was Sydney was not going to know that Jill did all this, and it was going to follow Jill from there. And Kirby would not be on in on the whole like that Jill was part of the murders either. And Apparently, there was a going to be a like I know what you did last summer type thing where somebody knew <laughs> that she was she was the real killer, and it was a ghost face. Now, is this all is this bullshit or is that is that something that you've actually heard?
3: Yeah, and acor- according to Kevin, recently that's basically what his original concept was that he, they were running with anyways for the new trilogy. That um, he said he didn't have like uh, it wasn't like he sat down and fleshed out like all three movies completely, but. Yeah, his original concept for four was that it would end pretty much exactly like you just said, and that five would pick up with Jill now in college, famous like she wanted to be, the famous survivor. Um, And then there was a new killer that knew that she was the killer in four. See, that just sounds awesome to me. Why didn't they do that? Can we blame the Weinsteins for this too? Yes, pretty much, yeah. So the Weinsteins basically, they butchered... They butchered Kevin's whole original concept for four and pissed him off to the point that he was like, I'm done. I don't even want to be involved in the franchise anymore at all. Um, it caused, like, they, they kind of pitted Wes and Kevin against each other. Oh, that sucks. Production. And, yeah, they really, like, they, they fucked up a lot, and, uh, and I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, Wes constantly after that interview's about, would you come back and do a Scream 5? He kept saying, like, I would have to have a completed finished script in my hands before I could commit to doing another one. And that was why, because they kept, they kept changing it and forcing all these changes during four. And it was just like a nightmare for everybody. Um, And then, you know, they butchered like the release, they, they picked like the worst possible time to release it and they didn't promote it really. And so basically it like tanked at the box office and nobody cared. It didn't even make a million. It didn't even make a hundred million dollars. Yeah, it was. It did really bad, really, really, really bad.
4: Yeah, I think um, the budget was forty, and it did ninety-seven worldwide.
3: Wow. Yeah.
0: How much were you selling them that uh, that that fabric for? Maybe the movie would have been more successful. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's markup. <laughs> now that brings us. That brings us because you know now Wes Craven's passed, and now we get the new Scream. Just Scream. You all could talk about it, but be respectful of me mostly because <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've heard good things. I didn't even watch the fucking trailer. You know why? Because I don't need to know. I'm gonna watch it. That's great. Yeah. And I'd like you to like expound on anything
1: you want to talk about part five. Obviously, don't spoil it for Dave. But
3: uh yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Spoiler-free thoughts. Um, I thought it was really well made. I thought I I mean, honestly, I thought they like knocked it out of the park. I think it does, you know, I I had some issues with it, but nothing nothing crazy just nitpicky stuff nothing that was like a like a deal breaker um I thought it honored Wes really well I thought it honored like the legacy characters and the story and the history I thought they did a really good job of like making sure that the whole history that's been built over four movies was felt in this movie and was important um they do a really good job of explaining a lot of things like even like you said like It's just called scream. Why isn't it called scream five? They literally explain that in the movie. It's really funny, Um, kind of one of those meta things. But uh, I thought Ghostface was insane, like brutal. And I'm not talking about the killer or killers or whatever. Um, Just Ghostface as a character in this was like scary. Again, it was like watching it. I was like, holy shit! Like I'm whoever the fuck this is. I'm scared. Like this guy, like or girl. Like it's he was brutal. Just you know, you talk about four being the most like gory and kind of like extreme. Like, wait till you see this one; it's
0: sweet. They one upped yeah.
3: it. Yeah, Ghostface is scary. Again. It's the first time I was scared of Ghostface since like the first movie. The
1: way he attacks the people in this one, I'll say he uh, just to make it whatever. The way yeah. they attack people in this one is so much more forceful. He's still, he's still clumsy. He still gets kind of like knocked around. But the attack, I'll, I'll just spoil that. Like he, it's a double knife attack. But most of the scenes and it's just like, Oh shit, you're fucked. <laughs> hey, well, it's,
0: it's like, like a power move. Well, that's know? what I said about like movies, like it's like sheer brutality is what makes knives scary. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And that's literal I mean, this one's like all about that. It's just every time Ghostface is on screen, you're literally like, Oh fuck. You're not just like, Yeah, Ghostface, like you were like with four, like, all right, we get a good scene. You're literally like, Oh shit, oh my god, like you know, he's he's brutal, he's scary, he's intimidating. Um I thought uh, Roger Jackson did a great job as the voice again. Um, again, without spoiling anything, we get, we get some scenes. I'll say we get some scenes in this one with Roger doing the voice that is more reminiscent of the original where, um, I don't know if you notice, but like when you watch the first scream, the calls always kind of start like kind of innocent. They're, they're kind of, it's like, oh, this guy might be all right. He's got a nice enough voice. And as the conversation goes on, he gets more and more sinister. Well, in Scream two, three, and four, it was like instant. As soon as you answer the phone, it's like, I'm going to gut you, you bitch. Like, it's just instantly, like, scary. With oh, this, cool. one, we, we go back to that. We get the, like, kind of innocent phone call that's like, we know who it is. But the characters kind of get to have that kind of playful, like, oh, who is this weird guy? that's talking? I'll talk to you for a minute. And then it kind of gets more sinister as the call goes on. So it was, it was. I thought it was great to get that again. It was much better performance by Roger. I thought.
0: So, so in this movie, is there something that you think you're going to think about it in like 20 years or 10 years when you watch this and be like, "Oh, we can't do that shit anymore." As in, what do you mean we can't do that shit? <laughs> like anymore? schools were safe when the first one oh. came out. <laughs> Theaters were safe when the second one came out.
1: I don't know, Nate. Do you have anything on like that? I don't know myself. I just remember scenes. I remember like thinking, "Oh, this is like Halloween too. Oh, this is like this." There's a, they they really connected all the dots, like Nate was talking about, with things that made okay. me realize what the first film was why it's special to me. And I know I wanted a big long lament about that one, the last <laughs> one. I'm not gonna do that again. I'm just saying they brought it all back. And like I said, there's a you know there's a hospital scene. It's like, but they explain why there's nobody in the hospital at this point. It's like, oh man, this is like ho- Halloween too, but it makes more sense. Like there's all these little things they do. And I can't talk about it too much because without spoiling it.
3: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I and also, that's the other thing, like for you, especially who's not seen it, like uh, I think a lot of people forgot when they went to see this, a lot of people that had like kind of dumb complaints, in my opinion, that um, this was shot during like the height, the absolute height of the pandemic. Um, and if you remember at the time, it was like, all these other movies were like, fuck this. We're not shooting. We're delaying. We're delaying." scream was like the one production. They're like, we're going for it. We're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to play it safe. We're going to do it. You know, we're going to make this happen. We're not shutting down. Um, so just kind of like, keep that in mind as you're watching it. You know, there's like, there's like some school scenes where I've seen, I see online all the time. People are like, Oh my God, it's so dumb. Like the only school scenes, it's it's like just the main cast. Like you hardly see any other, but a couple people in the background, it's like, well in the original script there was a lot of people and it felt like that they shot it during like the pandemic so they had to oh yeah change stuff so um but it's nothing like nothing crazy it's not like you you don't watch it knowing it was like oh yeah they definitely shot this during covid but i think maybe 20 years from now you might notice that you might be like oh it's kind of weird that there's not a lot of people in the scene but that's probably why
2: yeah yeah
1: and let's uh, there's there there there's a great this movie is all about Wes, and I'm not spoiling anything about that, but there, the the all I thought was really great is they took the original font from when they said directed by Wes Craven in the first film, and at the end of this one, it says for Wes in the exact same scream font they presented his name in the first film at the end of this one, and I was like, this fucking rules. I just was yeah, like, man. I just had a great experience in a in movie theater, and I've seen it twice, and it wasn't until I saw that that I was like, Fuck yeah, man. That's a great yeah. part. And uh, it's a, it's really enduring. He's he's It sucks he's not going to be with us anymore, but at least he made Scream 4 and all the nightmare that movie made have, may have been, uh, which was really weird because that was Kevin Williamson's production company, the first Scream film with his production company, uh, I can't remember the name of it, so I will have to look it up real quick. But uh, that he was part of uh, Outer Banks Entertainment. They also made Cursed,
2: <laughs> with Wes Craven. Yikes! Yeah, the, hey, we're the, getting, the, we're the get... fuck you, werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, uh, we're getting a four K re
0: release of that here soon. We the are. Yeah. Who wanted that? And the poster comes with the fucking werewolf. Uh, if it's the, I, I, I it's that. not the original cut.
1: They don't have that. Yeah, they, they just went back and and announced that right, this on, is not. It's like a direct tangent, right? tangent, We're on a tangent. Okay, yeah. sorry, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a great oh, thing way to say, be like, "Bye, Wes. We love you, and you've given us so much." And also, this week, I mean, this week it also marks the time of when Donald Pleasance passed away in 1995, the year before Scream was made. So I thought that was really interesting oh, yeah. to take note of and talk about on this episode. That this is the week that Donald Pleasant died a year before the first Scream film was being made. It's wild when you think about it and put it all together. Um, We're definitely going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Nate, for coming on one more time, sitting through our bullshit. (laughs)
2: Yeah. It's
3: fun. I love this.
1: Um, Please tell us where they can find you.
3: Uh, Yeah. So uh, YouTube would be Reagan Productions. And then Instagram is just my name, Nate Reagan. So that's where you can find me.
1: Sweet. Do you have anything, uh, any uh, other projects coming on? Are you wanting to do any more events?
3: Um, we're actually Anthony Massey and I of Massey media. We did the, the two scream events were pretty close to finalizing. We were trying to do a my bloody Valentine 3d event where they filmed that movie, um, in Pennsylvania, which is actually like 45 minutes from where I live. Um, we've just, we're trying to get it all, all the details sorted out, but basically we want to screen the movie in a theater with the original 3d, uh, print and do like tours of like the mine and all sorts of stuff and all the other locations. So make a big thing out of it. So should be fun. Um, like I said, uh, we were trying to do it last year, but with the pandemic and everything. So we just kind of have a little bit more time to refine it. So
1: is this the remake Valentine's. of my bloody Valentine or the yeah. original? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was going to say, cause I know Paul just died. He played TJ. Yeah, From yeah. the original, my bloody Valentine died. Like I think yesterday. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, all these little things are coming together, and we're, we're able to at least talk about them and, you know, remember these people. I always say, remember you know, rest in pictures, people. You cannot, you're not going to be forgotten, especially when you touch people the way that you've touched us.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then, that wasn't creepy at all. Thank you guys
1: so much for tuning in. Uh, Dave, When you want to get us out of here, if you want yes. to. Yes, again, thanks, Nate,
0: for, for coming on the show. Appreciate check, it. Check out this <laughs> blanket I, I bought for 20 <clears throat> bucks. <laughs> It's upside, it's upside down. down. It's, I don't care. It's amazing. Hey, you can find us on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, <laughs> Radio Public Stop It's Steve Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Verbal.com. What the fuck? Verbal.com. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listening. You can find, also find us on YouTube or wherever the hell you're listening to us now. So thank you. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. <laughs>